0: Good morning and welcome to Friday's Tip Today. Coming up on this morning's show, Johnny Luby's weekly ramblings. He'll be joining us in just a few moments. Also, why men need to be more open about depression. Should we scrap the NCT? One counselor thinks so. We'll be speaking to him later. Why we may have found the answer in relation to a confusing report stating we had no excess deaths here during peak covid More on hospital overcrowding and the now constant stories coming out of UHL. And our Friday panel will be here to unpack the hot topics of the week, including roads issues, the Jeffrey Epstein list, the January blues and Women's Little Christmas, which is on tomorrow. Uh, Our phone lines are open. Emma is standing by 1800 938 007. Or you can text or WhatsApp for free on 083 311 331 Now, nine o'clock on a Friday, who else are we going to talk to? But Johnny Luby, how are you, Johnny?
1: Good morning, Ali, and good morning to the listeners. And uh, wish them all uh, a happy new year and good health to them all. Health is the most important thing that we have. And uh, thanks to God that the health is good with with all of us nearly. Are you uh, sure, Johnny,
0: you sound very deflated this morning. Had you heard Christmas...
1: I hadn't held Christmas. Well, I had, yeah. I had a good Christmas. Uh, on the Saturday night before Christmas, I went up to the tractor lights in Nina and yeah. the heavens early opened. Oh, we no. got drenched to the to the to the Spandu, to the oh, spandu. No. and the misfortunate Gabs on duty got drenched as well but it was a wonderful sight yeah. and uh, they raised on with the rain steaming down they raised well over 20,000 which was absolutely fantastic it was for an artistic unit in uh, Nina and also uh, towards the good health of uh, young boy uh, Billy Dowling so well done to them
2: uh,
1: and that and sure I got into uh, Philly Ryan's establishment and sat on the chair where uh, Shane McGowan uh, used to sit in Philly Rhines. Ah. Uh, it was my first time in there early, and it a, a wonderful establishment. And then we set sail for buddies but with the torrential rain, we missed the road, totten off, so we ended up in Hickey's in uh, the Silver Mines. And we went from there then to the Eagles' Rest in Dollar, and uh, from there then to the Chipper in Boroughs Lee, and uh, uh, finished up in TJ Ryan's well known establishment in Cashel. So it was a, a hectic uh, night. Nice uh, uh, a tour of the, the watering holes of Tipperary. <laughs> Excellent. Uh,
0: was Senti good to you, Jenny?
1: I was, yeah. And, of course, in Deagle's Rest, I met a uh, lads there from uh, Hitch and uh, around the Silver Mines and uh, Temple Derry and all of that. Uh, a wonderful night there. And the night after, them, we filled to the drivers up to a place called Blastriken. Oh, where's that? There you are, born and bred, reared in Tipperary, and you never heard the question. Never heard well, I know yeah, I know now where it is, it's high up on the hills. I think that could be a a, a, a a wonderful area where you turn off right after uh oh I can't think of the name of the place anywhere. rather than going from Nina you you, you uh, uh go back up there right. And it's a beautiful little establishment there. I met Betty Coney, the mother of the proprietor of the owner of the of Glastrick and uh, Kent is the shoppery that's what they call it Kent is out of the shop mm. so it's, it's a wonderful now when you're up that side of the woods again try and get that uh, try and get onto it uh, Google it which are modern phones and you'll come across it in my book one, one of the the hardest thing there is to get out of the place <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hey, a wonderful place, and uh, mm. that, and of course, the, in, in the Eagles Rest, they were solving the problems of Tipperary Holland This Hinch man oh, said to me, God. he was all over the, he was all over the county. So I hit him with a couple of well-known establishments, uh, and that he never even helped them. So he said he will have to uh, uh, get out and go to them places again because. Yeah. I just have an old graph of for the what goes on in the pubs, you know. But you pick up the paper early this morning, and you see, you wonder about our minister that 300, 350,000, three hundred, three hundred and fifty thousand, four hundred thousand a year with bodyguards and everything else. And here, Charlie McGonlow comes up and says that our plates are too full. Too
2: full, Jenny, Yeah. What do you I make of that?
1: Oh, yeah, I didn't take a load of crap. Uh, I, come here a minute. Going to the chipper inside in town, Bruno. You'd always say to me, hey, throw on a few extra chips of the establishment in Golden or in player, and hey, throw on a few extra chips. And here he wants us to give back half our plates. These are the guys that told us that we couldn't have a pint of Guinness, which was fair enough in yeah. during COVID times. But at the same time, we could have a dinner and a pint of Guinness.
3: Yeah.
1: I was in an establishment one night and I got no dinner, but I got a knife and fork and a pint of Guinness. Yeah. Just to have them in front of me for sick. You But, hey, imagine uh, uh, being out for dinner in, in some place and, you, and you're saying it's to guys that, hey, take back half of that, habit. you know. Imagine. What are they going to do? Yeah. I mean, like, if Shawnee in the Bridge pulls a good pint of Guinness, they're going to tell him, hey, throw up some of that, I have know. enough of it.
0: Imagine going to a waiter in a restaurant and saying, can I have a bit oh, more jealous, of that, please? Load up the plate Jackson,
1: there again. good night, huh? Mother I got when I think of the, of my good old buddies Tommy Kane and Tony Coney and Billy Callahan and even Eamon Gaynor who's tuned in above in Dublin, uh when I listen uh, when when I see the physique of them men coming in, I'd often say the dinner I'm after eating won't be enough for them because they have it up again, you know, all they wanted a the big place and hey, and I've yet to see uh some places. Though, okay, it all depends what they're throwing you yeah. out, but uh, uh at the end of the day, uh People look for value for money, and it yeah. is both things quality and quantity.
0: Mm. Like, there's you a lot know, of places you'd go into, and you'd barely get a morsel on the plate, like, it
1: would be tiny. You know, I mean, I think the Minister for Agriculture he's more than his bloody line to up the price of milk to at least, I mean, it is only what, 160 a gallon or whatever else, to up it to 2 euro a gallon with the price of everything gone rocket high fertilizers and they're cutting back on this and that and uh, the silage gone to 55 or 60 euro round bale and the big square bales at 100 euro. You'd wonder how did the farmers keep going at all at all. I met Mr. McCormick the other night in the jockey. He was uh chair of it was Dicey S Dice Pat McCormick. Yeah. One of the all time greats. He's retired now and I met his uh his man that's coming into to place him. He's from uh a Clara in County Kilkenny, a lovely man. So I did tell him as well, I said, When you're going to meetings, I said oh, oh, my phone never stopped ringing Oh uh, my other phone. Uh, i have to knock it off.
0: My God, you're a busy man.
1: But, what, when you're go, when you're going to dinners, our uh, dinners, I when you're going to a a, a I said up 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 to meetings with the Fianna Fail and Fine Gael and the Greens. I said, don't let them walk on top of you. I said that's what it's all about. I said stand up to them and then we then we we read the papers as well. that Leo write if you don't mind. He said if the Greens get uh, in around the same seats as ourselves, we'd certainly consider Eamon Ryan for T-shirt. <laughs> And Eamon Ryan did say then he went down to Kerry and he has right candidates taking on the Healy Rays.
3: Who's
1: that? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I have to clue who they are, but the Greens will have it. He's a couple of great candidates taking on the Healy Rays. Oh, and Kelly. Kerry, I wouldn't uh, take on the Healy Rays up in Dublin take them on Kerry <laughs> when, when Mikey and Danny get stuck into you. I'll tell you, it's a different bloody ball game. Yeah, great. Of course I have. Oh Jesus, at least, optimized the world. You know, the world has gone crazy then when you look at the Ukraine and you're wondering is the war still going on because they're broadcasting about Israel and the Lebanon and should our troops be coming back from the Lebanon uh, because it's a dicey situation out there that's all open for uh, a debate as well. Yeah. But, um, oh, I don't know, Ellie. What do you I think? Do. Would you
0: like to see him being pulled out and coming <laughs> home?
1: I would, yeah. Uh, certainly, uh, health and safety and everything else. I mean, like what's going on. In, I mean, if this war could escalate uh, yeah. big time, God forbid that it would. But, uh, uh, are we are neutral,
0: we're meant to be neutral, so we Actually,
1: shouldn't yes, be al- seen al- to... that, uh, No, I mean, uh, I, look, I take that with a grain of salt. We're not neutral. Look, there's no such thing as neutral sitting on the ditch. The government might be sitting on the ditch at times when they won't even, uh, uh, you see a vote above the does 100, there's 165 TDs, That when you count up the votes falling against the I think it's 120, and then they're telling us that uh, we should be voting, this, and um, we should they use our vote and everything else here. They won't use it themselves above mm-hmm. the dial. Yeah. I think though anyway look, to the the matter. And he would have to get onto the bit of sport for the crack I know, and before tell I me, mention,
0: First did, were you watching the darts this week? I presume you were.
1: I was. I wasn't well, was it brilliant. Guy. It was absolutely unbelievable. But I can't believe it that, that young fellow is only sixteen. You if, if you have Fred Rugby if you yeah. have Fren Rugby would kid people under sixteen, <laughs> that the whole country would be objective to him. Well, I couldn't. <laughs> In my book, he's shaven, for the last five or six years. Absolutely. And that's only a simple thing. And <laughs> I'll know, say play, he play looks like him.
0: a fellow who's been sitting on a bar stool for 20 years as well, <laughs> doesn't he?
1: <laughs> God bless him. Yeah, oh God bless him. Right. Yeah, he really brought a, a, a huge excitement. The whole place I was talking about even my own missus, uh, uh, she doesn't follow anything. She said, uh, what's this thing with the death? So I said, a young fellow 16. 16, what she, she saw him. And she was watching it. She said, did this young of 16? Be I said, That's him. <laughs> oh God, she said, I don't believe it. And to think that his players are getting the children up the and you have to win in a cup. Fair play to him. Anyway. Oh, fair play. And yeah. his
0: girlfriend was there, Johnny, did you see? And she, 20, and I—I th- have a sixteen-year-old at home, and I said, if he ever came home with a twenty-one-year-old, I would run her.
1: Oh, Christ! i both tonight. I don't know. She's just <laughs> I tell you the stuff. Ellie, the first thing I must do anyway is, uh, wish a happy birthday to one of our all time greats in hurling, uh, Lynn Gaynor. Eight eighty years of age, yeah, Lynn Gaynor. An absolutely fantastic player on the field of play, played most of his hurling for the county at left half back and could he pull on the ball when he was there. And even if it wasn't there, I'd say, Lynn Gain, would be pulling anyway. Yeah. Letting them know he was around. Uh, a wonderful horror. He'd be a father-in-law of Liam Cale, our president our present uh, Tipperary head manager. Really? I never knew Yeah. I know nothing. Uh, yeah, uh, Liam, I keep, I keep following his uh, fardons on the greyhound pages as well. He'd have a couple of good greyhounds now and again. But uh, a wonderful uh, uh, I used the and that uh, because because am when I think back on that era when you had uh Tony O'Brien or Peter Sullivan from Cash Gold, you had John Dyle, Big Mark Tiam mm. Carey, Mick Burton's Tony Wall and Len or Tio English of the Broad Shoulders and the stylist of them all, and big roach. Then you had Jimmy Dyle, the wonderful Kit O'Connor from the Southfield, uh Larry Kiley, the best of wishes to him as well and uh, Liam Devaney, a wonderful holder from Borough Lee. I think he played in 14 positions for Tipperary. Wow. And then you had Tony uh, Neill the school teacher. He was teaching at one time. I think he won a South Final down with Herb Finn, and He was teaching off down in that neck of the woods. And then he went back to his beloved Borges and you had uh, Sean McLaughlin from uh, Tuller Southfields and uh, a- he was there in the era of the hand pass goal, but that's the last gone again. And uh, then you had uh, uh, Babs Keaton or Mackie McKenna, yeah. the Greyhound man from uh, uh, Borough Sakade. So they were all, that was, was a wonderful team. I mean, like to win, you know, Ali, when you think about it, like to win in All Ireland in 61 and 62, beat by Warford in the first round in 63, Michael O'Hare couldn't believe it when it came through. And uh, then they won in 64, 65, Carp won in 66, and Cabrera beaten again in 67 and 68. I mean, like they were in, was it six or seven all Irelands in uh, uh, in in the seven or eight year period. They were wonderful uh, 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 players, you know. And yeah. sure, look, hey, they, we wish the President set up there when they went serious training. The very best of luck as well once they pull on the blue and gold. As suppose well. Yeah. we'll be there to see them. And tonight, of course, uh, we're down in uh, Ballinagarie at the county board draw, and. Uh, that's the name of the place at all at all. I had yeah, written dinner. down but uh, hey self is after moving all my gear. That's sure. Uh,
3: you blame
1: her. Anyway he's down in uh, the, the wrist. I, anyway uh, as I'm talking to I'm just walking around the kitchen until I find it. <laughs> but uh, yeah look there, they're in Bell tonight and that's on tape there film uh, uh, oh, oh, uh, t- that's on tape fm uh, Yeah that, uh, is it 7? Uh, oh God we'll nine be o'clock hint.
0: 9 o'clock 9
1: o'clock Oh yeah, I have the I have the name of the place. The miners' rest in Ballingarry. Good man. So uh, that's on there, and it uh, could be my first time Ali, day Please God, uh, another new establishment for me. So I'll fill you in next week on what it is, what it is like down there, because uh, I suppose Ballingarry for many Tipperary people it's a kind of off the beaten track. In that, uh, no, I guess I was going to uh, Kilkenny sometimes, I might go by killing all and Ballingarry and come out on the Callan Road there. Yeah. But uh, overall. Uh, like Golden is different. It's on a line there from Cape Town into Cashel uh, and onto mm. the Jewel Cabbage, where you know. But Bellangary, I used to keep greyhounds down there with a guy called Mickey Sullivan, the lot of Nelson from Belly Philip Bellangary, a wonderful trainer. Uh, and that, and uh, I used to enjoy going down there to to meet them. But uh, I suppose on the holding front, uh, yeah, Elite. we out had out yeah, but we had a county under-21A hurling final last weekend in Derry and yeah. happiest congratulations to Drum and Inch. Uh, commiserations to the lads from Ross Gray. They put up a great battle. Don't only a couple of pints in it. And Don 21 has been a, a, a great championship. It might be at the right time of the year, mm. but uh, with all the games that are there, because Ross Gray had, uh, had been lucky to beat Clenolty, who are probably lucky enough themselves to beat Cappa White Gales in the West Final. And uh, Drummond Inch had come through a health campaign where I suppose at the outset, uh, Holy Cross, Benny Gale, McCarty, Boris, and the Cersei's would have been considered the top dogs. But Drummond Inch, fair played them, and it's wonderful to see them back on the the trail again. And then, of course, Dolph Club, that uh, I just know it through, he's there in the silver mines. Uh, the silver mines beat, uh, Glen in a, uh, in a fine game as well in the under 21 B final that game was played in Golden transferred to there because uh, the pitch conditions all over the place were wow. uh, desperate heavy yeah. you know uh, our own leg in Golden were beaten in the 17 final I think by McCarkey Borough they possibly uh, Look, no disrespect uh, uh, to my county. i think be thinking that didn't perform high up or low down. That's the third county final, so the good year for gold. was we got into three county finals, we hadn't any luck and win any. But hopefully, please God, the luck will change uh, mm-hmm. for this coming year, twenty twenty four, and uh, that. So, uh, and uh, uh, there's another crowd there, JK Bracken, had a wonderful under twenty one victory. I think uh, as well, uh, and that's an happiest congratulations to them. So overall, yeah, the G.A. scene is uh, uh, finished for the year, and uh, well done to everybody. Everybody can it on the bloody postman, as I said to the door. One
3: chipper's uh, again. Ellie,
0: yeah, I'll keep talking
1: to you. He times it. To the Hold on one second. I just no bother. The window. Hey, there's
0: a bit of someone in here. Hmm? Huh? What's his, well his name, Jenny? The
1: I'm on there now. What's your name? I didn't mention.
0: Laura.
2: La- Laura. Laura. Uh, just had to deliver
1: them in. Uh, you know them, win- them ones with the windows in them? Oh, they're Nothing they're bills,
3: bills.
1: Johnny. Oh, Jesus, don't oh, believe. Sure. Anyway, well, uh, Laura. On the, on, yeah, on the rugby front, of course, Munster in desperate uh, problems fun. at the moment. I mean, like there's twenty of the players out injured, and some of them are actually gone for the year. Yeah, and uh, that. And I only asked my other young for other day. Though I like, said, what happens if we don't finish in the top? Eight, and if we don't finish in the top eight, uh, we don't qualify for the Heineken Cup for next year. Oh, Like, and, and 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 that's unbelievable, you know, to think that that, that would happen. I because, don't think that's uh, ever
0: happened, has it really? It, no, it
1: hasn't, it has never happened. You know, we've always been there or thereabouts and had and have, a, have had put up a uh, tremendous uh performances uh against all the odds in a lot of the games and always went down fighting but we seem to like everything else the injuries, Young Babin has gone for a while Jack O'Donohue, uh, Uh, Jack uh, O'Donoghue, Peter Mahoney is out, Kilkine has gone for the season Uh, that Joey Carberry has gone uh, missing as well and uh, like the injuries have been huge and uh, so we're going to find it very hard you know Leinster uh, are absolutely flying so are Connacht with their victory over Munster and Ulster of course our uh, they're always, always very hard to beat. So, get you know, ourselves in Munster, which look after our own house, and that's well, not going What do you to be,
0: think uh, it is, Jenny? Because even watching them play like the the passing is sloppy, the lineouts are awful. Like, what is it coaching right, yeah. or what is it?
1: No, yeah. the, the, the coach I, I reckon our coaches are top class. It's just that the injuries are huge, and you're getting fellas in the young Butler Like, on, played okay now, but he came. He 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 came in from the likes of we we'll just say Ennis, a junior club, mm. uh, There, and why he was on the development squad and panel and that. But I didn't think that he'd be on this year. But look, young Crowley came out. From, young Crowley, there came from a junior club as well, below yeah, in Tannic he's Cretty, Bend and a fine player, uh, and that like a lot of players have come originally on the very start under 10s and 12s through the junior clubs the yep. Clam Williams the Kill vehicles and all of that and coming to Cashel then playing under 10 and 12 with Clanmel Mel and Dina and all of those places I mean like you look at Dina uh, there were a junior club there a few years ago and there's Ben Healy he's the out half yeah. of Scotland now uh, and coming through the system look up what there. Ryan did. that's right yeah unbelievable you know that it is uh, uh, absolutely uh, fantastic to see that happening and yeah. then they go on to the rugby schools that it be Rockwell College or Old Crescent or CBC or Whatever the case may be. I suppose the Hearty Cup games will be starting off very, very shortly in the hurling. And whilst uh, Cashel and Templemore are gone, Nina seemingly have a, a tremendous uh, outfit this year, along with Tuller CPS. at the very best of looked mm-hmm. to them. Uh, I think the high school are going well in the football, along with the Abbey in uh, uh, to Prairie Town. So it's all systems going that uh, the um, just looking there again. Have, Were you have, racing been, uh, over
0: Christmas, Jenny?
1: I was yeah I was yeah. I given all day or two in Limerick dear. the heavens opened the there a oh. couple of days again the track was unbelievable like a ploughed gap but fair place, the uh, ground staff and all that they got through it and the same thing above in Lippertstown and of course at the end of the day the uh, Willie Mullins bandwagon and the Gordon Elliott's and them um, Henry De Brom had, had quite a, a, a decent uh, run over Christmas as well Edward O'Grady out there in Bellinanti, uh had been out of the limelight but he looks to have a decent toss coming through and hopefully we go to Cheltenham he's owned by JP McManus so uh, we'd love to see it happening again because he was one of the, the four runners that had 17 or 18 winners in Cheltenham it was almost impossible to have a winner there so he kept the flag flying for a long number of years mm-hmm. uh, so Johnny well, yeah,
0: so, like, tell haven't... me you know tomorrow is women's Christmas so I suppose you'll be either cooking I presume you're cooking dinner tomorrow or you're at least bringing her out <sighs> are you?
1: Okay, oh, a deep, fat, deep, fat fryer job. Need I <laughs> <mention>. <laughs> if the deep fat fryer was was big enough, I the the turkey'd be gone into <laughs> it and be, and hang it up for about uh, five minutes to let that that lovely mazola oil drip uh, away from it. You'll have for to give the, her a yeah.
0: day's peace now, Jenny. For yeah, women's Christmas think, uh,
1: Yeah. I think it's uh, like I hate. I can only say it to you, country. I think what? every day is, uh, is 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 the women's Christmas you think day. So? That's what I think. Because we have it
3: Indeed,
1: so I good. Hey, you have it so good. See the likes of you and all them uh, and my, and all them other lovely ladies out. There. Some of them never use the washing board.
0: What? You I see? don't believe it.
1: Did you use it? Never. My Never, gosh. you see. J- uh, there you are. Well, I remember my mother had lot mess using the washing board and casting the mother Mrs. Quirk and every other woman out on Mrs. Carmack in Rose Green way up 17 and meant the washing board was the tea. Oh,
0: That's where it all uh, went wrong, Johnny, when he got rid of the washing <laughs> board. We got notions then.
1: <laughs> did, did, did. <laughs> 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 any time I look out the car, i the the shop and whatever the case may be. But I'm going to put out any of what uh, uh, Charlie McGon- McGonaglough or whatever his name McGonaglough, is uh, uh, said up that. To I me, mean, that, that, that I'm going to go. Imagine going into John below for a lovely plate of uh, chips or uh, fish and chips, and you're saying, Listen, hey, take back half of them. See, Not see. that tell you'll bring them home and the seat. Oh, yeah. uh, we should
0: probably trying to do get that, rid- that more. Like They do that a lot in America. If you don't finish your meal, you say, bag that up there, I'll bring it home with me. We d- we don't do that here at all, really. That's right. We? Or
1: even the made-up dinners. We'll just say, at yeah. the shop in Golden, a, 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 they do the same as Young Brown below in Cahean. They do lovely takeaway dinners. Can you imagine saying to one of the girls, I think, could you take half of that out?
0: <laughs> That's too big for you me know, to bring that away. Yeah. Oh, it wouldn't I was happen. In a, yeah, I was in a pub
1: the other night, and uh, the Guinness was uh, 5.20. And now, I turned up in Glastonbury, was another place. But anyway, yeah, this chap was there at the counter. He said, I've only a fire. He said, give me a fire or heart.
3: <laughs> 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 Don't tap it up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Your man filled up, if it's possible, six sevenths, and left one seventh in because uh, he didn't give you the, the, the 20 cent. But oh, anyway... Oh. Uh, that, But hey, I go back again to wish everybody lots and safe driving uh, uh, all over the all over the year. You know, just take our time getting around and then to say the thanks to the girls for their efforts. I saw them a uh, big time above Nina. They were drenched, and I mean drenched. And I I genuinely thought that the girls' outfit would have uh, kept them dry. Yeah. And no, 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 no. They were I'm absolutely drenched.
0: Jenny, thank yeah, you. have that, you any New Year's resolutions for us? Uh,
1: well, I. I went off to Fegs. Are you up? Well, on the on the 1st of January. Yeah, I went off from, from uh, 8 o'clock on
0: 2.12. Or four hours you lasted.
1: Four hours. But I did save something like a tenner. <laughs> in the <four laughs>
0: hours. Are you going to try again?
1: <laughs> uh, on my own, you yeah uh, Yeah. You have to be I ready to for it, Johnny. You have, yeah. You have to kind of gear yourself you up. Have but a lot I, I, lot. Years ago, in that same care, they might go on and the night before Christmas uh, they might go on until maybe one o'clock because you'd be playing out for a turkey or maybe a week before Christmas and I found it easier to go off then because you actually got sick of-
3: Yeah.
1: you know it was easier to go off to bloody things but anyway that's it, now, Ellie,
0: not Jenny, no,
1: no, 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 no. You might have put your finger in your mouth and <laughs> used that thing. But, <laughs> 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 Ellie, yeah, that, that that's it. Now we have that uh, Greyhounds are back on tonight in Clan Mill and Trollis uh they're coming up as well. So as the uh we'll have to give that a a, a, a yeah. mantle we'll see what's what's happening on that front. And then of course I'll probably the Greyhound meeting in Temple Two each weekend, I'll try and get up there, please God, on Sunday so we'll see what the crack is. Yeah,
3: Excellent. We'll
0: enjoy it, Teddy. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Right, Ellie. No problem, Bigot. Thanks Have much. Have a good one. Happy New Year, Teddy. Thanks. Many That's our, to
0: our Johnny there. We were talking about. Um, the, uh, supposed the statement made by Charlie McConlog there that um, restaurants are serving people too much and maybe they should pull back a little bit. A few texts in on it this morning a listener says, Minister is right about food waste. Uh, sitting in a certain restaurant any day, half the food is uneaten, children's meals are hardly touched and most of the salad that's served with meals goes back. Another listener says, wasn't it a strange and ridiculous announcement about restaurant portion sizes? Surely people of different sizes eat different amounts. Child-sized portions, sides, starters, etc. Restaurants charge enough already, never mind the supplements, e.g. 6 to 8 euro added on to a steak price. This will give eateries an excuse to serve less for more. We already have some of the highest food prices in Europe from price gouging. Adults should be able to decide what is enough and what isn't. Just uh, state this when ordering. Simple. At a recent meal we asked for a doggy bag to take leftover food home. They refused saying it's not their policy. Perhaps do as in other countries and provide this option to prevent waste. The problem then is health and safety will kick in as an excuse which has gone mad at times. That's from one of thanks for that uh, keep those texts coming into us this morning 083 311 or 1800 007 when we come back after
4: the break we'll be talking about the fire and feathered Welcome back to Tip Today. Gardaí
0: are treating a fire at a disused school in Feathered as a case of criminal damage. The fire occurred at the former Patrician Primary School on the Rocklow Road on Wednesday night. Local fire services extinguished the blaze at the school, which has lain empty for a number of years now. No injuries reported as a result of the fire, thankfully. Councillor David Dunn joins me on the line this morning. Hi, David.
6: Good morning, Ali, and good morning to your listeners. Happy New Year
0: to everybody. Happy New Year to you. Good to talk to you this morning. David, um, this was a strange story, uh, and we tried to cover it yesterday. Unfortunately, we couldn't get any Garda uh, representative on to speak to us about it, either yesterday or today. Yesterday, if you looked at the social media posts regarding it, if you looked at media reports uh, in relation to it, there seemed to be a very quick assumption made that this was a building that was targeted because there was rumours going around that refugees might be coming there. But it would appear that uh, public representatives such as yourself hadn't heard of that rumour. Is that correct?
6: That's correct, yeah. Look, the first thing I heard about this was... Um on so, through social media when um, when the person one of the people I follow had a picture up of the fire and and that and the next morning then I uh,
3: well, I heard it
6: uh, got a call from journalists and and went on all day yesterday and all, other councillors were in the same boat and I read the article in the Irish Independent uh, and Councillor O'Carroll from the Municipal District Councillor Kieran Burke had added. He had a piece in the paper, mm. um, and, and I made a few more inquiries myself. And it turns out that, uh, that which I knew anyway, because there, there's a hurling pitch up there, and we played up there before. And the school was it was was not in use for a number of years. and it was attracting anti-social behaviour. And my understanding was that it was a an accidental fire. That uh, you know, I mean, people were in there. And they were trying to heat themselves while they were uh, engaged in alcohol or whatever else, mm. but. There was nothing more sinister than that. That's was my understanding. But like we all, as as of, with any case, there should never be a rush to judgment, and we should leave the guy do their uh, investigation and, and come back with the with what what actually happens.
0: Because it was an assumption that was made really, really quickly, wasn't it? Was it ever a case that this building was ever being considered uh, to house refugees? As far as we know,
6: no, not a, well, I have certainly heard nothing about it. I hadn't. No one contacted me from the federal area. I rang around people I know in the area. Nobody has heard of any rumor of of people being housed there. The building wouldn't be fit for purpose. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, the building is going to be knocked and it's going to be used. Is my understanding as part of the extension for the school. So, I mean, it it wasn't fit. So, like, a huge amount of work would have been needed. So, I mean, that would have to be done before any announcement or any. Any rumours circulate. So, no. My understanding, and I'd be fairly categorically, there, there was no, there was nothing about that, at least in, from what I can yeah. gather.
0: Would it worry you then that this assumption was made very quickly? I mean, this this could have ignited into something very dangerous very quickly if that assumption had remained for a long time. See,
6: the problem is with all this situation is is the lack of information and and the speed that information can get out, the wrong information can get out. Yeah.
3: Um,
6: or, it's misinformation. There's a, there might be a grain of truth into something and someone will say it, so they're not technically wrong, but it's not given the full picture. Yeah. So, so people then are jumping on bits of, of, of story and it escalates into something that shouldn't be. Whereas if, there was more transparency to any situation yeah. where there's if there if there is intention to use any building for whatever purpose. Whether I mean that's what we have the planning permission. The sign goes up and people can read it. It goes the ad goes into the paper so that it's not dropped on people that like suddenly there's this this old building is going to be transferred into this or this field is going to be used for housing or whatever else and you might be living on the side of it and you might have a genuine concern about um, about the housing estate that's going to be built next to you, because it interferes in your uh, in your rights, um, as in your views or whatever else, or this, it might bring additional traffic or you know anything that it could upset someone. And that's the planning system, and and they, you have a right to engage with the planning system. So it's not dropped on you. So you're not retrospectively going in it. And and that's the way that should be. Everything should be upfront and transparent so people can know know what's going on and the full details should be given about everything.
0: Yeah, David I have to be honest in that we were quite disappointed yesterday that we weren't able to get a Garda spokesman on the show with us or this morning um, I think maybe that would have done something towards allaying that suspicion and those rumours quite quickly. So do you think maybe on the part of the Garda that look I know this is under investigation and they're not going to know the full circumstances straight away but even just to come out and say we don't know if, if there is a sinister element to this. We know it, it probably is criminal damage, but we don't know what the background to it is, and we will investigate it. Do you think they should have come out sooner?
6: Yeah, well, look, it's always helpful when when, when the respected people within the community and the people have uh, that we we all trust and hold in great regard on Garda Siakana, that they would make a statement if possible, and that's not, that would not interfere in the investigation. Yeah. And if they could clear up the situation and to use your good offices yourselves and to get that message out, of course that would have been helpful. Um, now the Gardaí might have their own reasons, and if they have, hopefully in time they will clarify that. But yeah. uh, yes, no, it would. We need to, we need to get clarification on all these issues. Nothing should be left there in the ether to to build up into into a a, a story that 's not a story like a
0: non story as such yeah it's a shame, um David, then going forward from here, obviously this is something that that is continued to be investigated. I do see kind of the reporting on it has changed somewhat this morning, in that it, it like you said it 's looking like it was probably a case maybe of antisocial behavior as opposed to a targeted maybe arson attack um, would you like to see maybe comments from Officials, maybe this might wake people up to say that we've seen fires like this, we've seen arson attacks, even though this may not have been one, but we've seen similar ones across the country. So there needs to be, like you said, more communication, more transparency. Do you think that will happen in 2024?
6: I'd say say it has to happen. It's not that if or if or should happen. It, It will, it has to happen because... You know, this is where all this all these problems arise. We need to look as they say. The old saying goes, uh, "Talking is better than walking." You know what I mean? You yeah. need to you need to talk and you need to discuss it with people. Give the people the information and let them decide then on the correct information. If people have the wrong information, they're making decisions and they're making statements that they, that mightn't reflect their position on one thing or another. Mm. You know what I mean? And so, look, it, it is this issue. Um, is not related to the other issues, and I don't know was there an intention of some people to maybe link this story with the other fires. And as far as I'm concerned, there, there's there's no linkage there at all. And hopefully that will be clarified in, in time. You know what I mean? But overall, it, I know myself from I'm fairly, and I, I'm, I'm try, as you're asking uh, Johnny Luby about New Year's resolutions. I was hoping to get one myself. And uh, that to cut down on my social media usage. Here, here. I think we all need a break from yeah. it because there's so much disinformation being put out there, and that looks so real, even in the context of the of the, the tragic war in Gaza. I mean, it's not a war, but it is and and Ukraine the war in Ukraine and the, the, the awful things that are going on all over the world. You're seeing a video, you watch a video, and you say that's real, mm. and then you find out that, that that it was it was doctored and it was made to look different. You know what I mean? So it's very hard to trust uh, what you see. Yeah. And I mean, before you press like, you should think about what's there, read it, and then try get uh, try get somewhere else that has similar like, uh, comments, mm. you know what I mean? So that's what I'm going to do 100% is to make sure that I double-check, triple-check that everything that I'm reading, that I'm true and that everything that I post has to be true and honest. And mm. uh, That's what I will be doing because, I mean, the slightest thing, you make a mistake and we all make mistakes. That's not... But it can be misinterpreted, and then unfortunately, things can happen after that.
0: Yeah. Uh, finally, David, a listener is asking: Do you, would you ask your guest would Feathered be willing to accept a refugee centre? But to be fair to Feathered, I mean, there is a lot of Ukrainian refugees in the convent there, and have integrated very well, as far as I know.
6: Yes, and look, I mean, I. I mean, I think there's a lot of people working in the horse industry up there yep. as well that that are from all over the world. Yep. You know, there's there's then, and we need we need a certain level of 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 people to work in industries, or else our industries will collapse. So I'd say, uh, Featherstone, like like every other town, would have no issue with that. But look, um, there's i you know what I mean. This is. The whole argument about emigration is, is, is some people have tried to turn it into a toxic situation. Yeah. And I think I think that the easiest, best way is to talk, discuss these things. We have Bridgewater House in Carrick for uh, a number of years, a long number of years. And those people, majority of those people have integrated well. We have playing hurling and everything else. You know what I mean? So there's, there's, it's not all bad news. Yeah. There's, there's good, and we need to work together. Look, we end of the day we're humans, and we all need to work together. And I mean, look, I know it's an old saying, but world peace—that's what we all wish for at the start of every year. Uh, you know what I mean? And, and at the end of the year, every year, we need—we have enough people dying a natural cause without being blown up to bits and everything else. So if we can, if we all can work together make the world a more peaceful and better place i think everyone would be more happy
0: well said all right thanks david good to talk to you this morning happy new year to you thanks. all the best thank you bye bye thanks david a lot of text coming into that um, um comparisons also being made to immigration and the use of buildings by government but just to clarify at this stage this fire is still under investigation but uh, if you look at certain reports in some media this morning, it will tell you that the line that the Gardaí seem to be going down is that this was antisocial behaviour. It wasn't a targeted arson attack, even though rumours about this building being used to house refugees were circulating. Uh, as David said, public representatives, they've all been asked. None of them had heard that rumour um, and that rumour seems to have come about after the fire. Um, so there doesn't seem to be link. But just to clarify, it is still under investigation. OK, so hopefully it gives some clarity and, and maybe gives some peace to the to the situation. And of course, thankfully, nobody was injured in it either. Uh, keep those texts coming in. 083 or 1800 938 007. Martin Brown was on to us. He said, Not a very nice thing to say about a young person, Luke Littler. Uh, they're under enough peer pressure about how they should look. Martin, you're absolutely right. Um, I didn't... God... Far be it for me to criticise anybody's looks. God knows. And I wasn't criticising his looks at all. It's just, if you were to look at him, you would never think he was 16. He's like a grown man. It's incredible. Um, but, you know, look, you'll you'll have 16-year-olds like that. Some of them are like real men and some of them are still kind of young teenagers. So it's funny. And and look, I'm a huge fan of Luke Littler. I think he's been hugely entertaining in the World Arts Championship. Uh, and I think everyone else is a huge fan. So, look, myself or Johnny, certainly didn't want to make it sound like... We we were uh, criticizing his looks or anything like that. Keep those calls and
4: texts coming in to us. We're back after this.
5: Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry
4: in association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie. Welcome back to Tip Today. We were discussing all of
0: this week the increase in patients without beds at UHL in particular and across the country, uh, an ongoing. Cause of concern, absolutely huge. We spoke to Connor Reedy regarding the independent investigation into the death of Aoife Johnston at uh, UHL, which occurred after a long wait o- over 12 hours in an overcrowded emergency department. And this is when she was really sick with meningitis, which later developed into septicemia. The number of patients has more than tripled since last week. Th- that's the number of patients on trolleys. One of our listeners, Caroline, is a former nurse. She joins me now. Caroline, good morning. Good morning. Good to talk to you this morning, Caroline. You're probably well placed more than than anyone to talk to us about the the trolley crisis. In your opinion, what is the issue?
2: Well, I just don't understand how every Taoiseach or MP to do with health has persistently, in 2013, James Riley in October said, we will never again see 659 people on trolleys on a single day while this government is in office. And then Michal Martin said, I'll end the scandal of patients on trolleys in 2017. And we're now 2024, and it's worse than ever. Yeah. What do
0: you put that and down a- to? I, I heard Stephen Donnelly speaking on Morning Ireland this morning and he put it down to bad management and in relation to UHL in particular, he said that there's a new management system in place there that he hopes will um, add to some kind of um, recovery maybe of, of trolley numbers, that it will get better. Would you have faith that that maybe that will happen and do you believe it is down to a management issue?
2: It's down to a management issue, but not to be sorted the way he's thinking of it. Because over the years, they've done all these, put these people in management who earn a lot of money and nothing has happened. Mm -hmm. So why keep on rolling over the same thing? They know that shutting Ennis and and Nina um, emergency units would do this. So have they not realized now to reopen them again? For goodness sake. You know, that there is the
0: problem. There are too many people. Why do you think there is such a reluctance to reopen Ennis and to reopen Nina, given, like you said, they have admitted that maybe that was a mistake?
2: Well, what would they do if the new management suggested opening these places? Will they do it? No. And management in the past have said, HSE have said, they need to reopen or redo. Now, I know they've opened little places that you walk in if you have hurt yourself. Yeah. They do stitching, some do x-rays. You know, you don't have to go to A&E to have simple things done, but people do. Now, I do know I have one um, of these places in Cashel, but I don't know of a place in Clonmel of Care. It's never advertised. That's why people
0: hospital. Yeah, it's my belief. I think um, if you if you don't go to um, the the injury unit, we'll say in in Cashel. I think Mallow is the closest one if you're further south.
2: Well, then there they lie the problem, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, you will go to A and E, and you don't need to go to A and E even for stitching. Normally, your GP is capable, and out of hours, the out of hours one is capable. Yeah, but I just I just think that. It's overused, and to think, Stephen Donnelly has no thought. I'm sorry, he has no empathy for people. He needs to lie on a trolley for three days. And I've just seen a post where a poor woman has had to take her 81-year-old father out of UHL yeah. because he's not getting any treatment and taking him all the way up to a private bed in Dublin. Yeah. Now, that, that's terrible. Three and- days he didn't take treatment.
0: And not only that, but uh, he was—he went to a toilet in the hospital and the toilet was covered with blood. So he oh he fell inside in the toilet, but he um, notified nurses and a cleaning crew arrived at the bathroom before a medical team did to help him. So the family took uh, the decision then to take him out and bring him, as you said, to a private hospital in Dublin. Isn't that appalling? Often. Are we a third country now? Do you think there's I mean, a problem I, as well with maybe access to GPs? Because we've seen that a lot over Christmas. A lot of people, oh, I, I yes. saw online that they couldn't get through to South Dock, so they were just having to turn up at South Dock. You, the access to GPs is another big issue that is driving people to hospital.
2: Uh, evidently, they only have 15 minutes slots, And wow. if you, you get into that, if they're fully booked, they take emergencies, but I don't know how many. And then, you know, if you're that desperate, if you're really desperate to see a GP and you can't for another six hours, are you going to lie in agony? Mm. No, you're going to go to NE where you'll get treatment.
0: Yeah.
2: You no, know, that's that. And, and, of course, the step-down facility, it's a knock-on effect. There are less and less step-down facilities for the older ones to go into homes or step-down facilities. Yeah. and there used to be lovely public health nurses that used to go out and see them when they just got to their own home, and now they've all been taken into centres, and there's no going visiting the darlings up the mountain.
3: Yeah. It's
2: just, it's just all, it's all a domino effect, I think. And I feel dreadfully sorry for the staff in in those hospitals because they work their butts off, but there's nothing they can do about it.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you heard Stephen Donnelly's interview this morning, but he was also asked about this review into the death of Eva Johnston, um, and he was he basically said in it that if any staff members maybe are found to be responsible in any way, that they would be oh. dealt with. But he, now he was very vague in how that would happen, but it just felt a little bit to me that I would be afraid if I was a staff member there that I was going to be scapegoated.
2: Wouldn't you just yeah. I mean, you know, time is of the element, and you try to see to every patient. You call on a doctor. I, I remember you call and put a message out for a doctor. and so has got worse, please visit, and maybe an hour later they come. That patient could die in between, and what do you do? Yeah. You've got another five patients to the after. You can't be stood beside the one when you've made the call.
0: What so can yeah, we feel- do, do you think, Caroline? I mean, this is a huge issue, and it's not just a hospital issue. As we said, it feeds down into GP access. It feeds okay. down maybe into medication okay. access as well. I mean, what needs to be done? And do you think now sometimes GPs, for fear of any
2: form of retribution, would just send the patient to hospital anyway?
0: I, You know what? I believe that probably does happen. And I, I don't blame a GP for that, but I, I, I think no. we're, we're in such a litigious society now as well. They have to protect themselves too.
2: Absolutely. And I you know I sort of think of how we can help. No, I just think if you're not going to open and make use of walk-in centres, more of them, you're going to get A&E still overloaded.
3: Yeah. And
2: you see, they stay on a trolley until they might get the first thing by a nurse who takes their observations. And then they've got to wait for the doctor to come round. Mm. And the doctor's coming round often is far more than four hours. Yeah. They're to be sick in four hours, but it doesn't say by a doctor. It says by a medic. They've been in four hours. It could be 12 hours the next day before they're seen. They're taking up a trolley. Yeah. And if they then have to have a bed, they're taking up a trolley. So the patient's waiting to be seen that might not need to be admitted, but they're still on a trolley. And of course, that counts as, and you still need nurses to look after.
0: Of course. Caroline, I'll have to leave it there because I'm out of time, I'm afraid, this morning. But thank you so much for talking to us. You're
4: very welcome. All the best. Tip Today with Fran Curry, With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Welcome back to Tip Today. Some texts we've been receiving in
0: about uh, the hospital situation. George and Nina says, Regarding UHL, where are our government TDs from Tip, Limerick and Clare? Plus, Michael Lowry, who's a supporter of the government. Not a word, only the usual guff taking the people for complete fools. Uh, Another listener says, My daughter attended the injuries unit at Nina Hospital, was told to get bloods done, but they were not able to do it. Then she couldn't get a doctor's appointment for five days as it was a long weekend. It's all ridiculous. Uh, Patrick was also in touch. He said, There is no access to a GP. I recently had to go after hours. Not a good experience, and I ended up sicker. Uh, we also got a voice note from Councillor Jamie Morris.
7: Alison, it's actually shocking now that Stephen is trying to blame management for what's happening at, at UHL. Certainly, they have some role in, in fixing it, but at the end of the day, it's reconfiguration caused what's happening in Limerick. We were promised 640 beds for a population of 350,000 people in 2009. We now have 530 beds for a population of 425,000 people. Yet the government won't change the reconfiguration policy. In fact, they're still trying to do it in Avon. So it's the government really that can they can sort this out, not just management at UHL. And I think it's very unfair for the, for the minister to throw the management under the bus on this.
0: That's from Councillor Shabby Morris. You can keep those texts and calls coming in to us. 083 311 331 or 1800 938 007. Now one county Cavan Councillor Shane O'Reilly, is calling for the NCT test to be scrapped and to be re-evaluated. A report from the Irish Independent found that nearly half of the 1.5 million vehicles that did the NCT last year actually failed. Cavan NCT Centre reports the highest failure rate at 59%. Councillor Shane O'Reilly joins me on the line now. Shane, good morning.
7: A very good morning, Ali, and good morning to all your listeners.
0: Thanks for taking the time for us this morning, Shane. Why are you My calling pleasure. for... The, well, first of all, just to clarify, are you calling for the NCT to be scrapped completely, or do you want it to be kind of modified?
7: No, no, it has to be modified. It has to be brought back the brass tacks, like what it was introduced to do in the year 2000. Um, unfortunately, at that, well, I suppose fortunately at that time I took a lot of jalopies off the road, and none of us could condone what was going on at that time. Mm. I always remember a relation of my own. We used to go along on a car, we were able to count the yeah, the white lines through a through a hole in the floor oh, of the God. car. Them days are long gone, and you know what good riddance to them but unfortunately what we have done is Ali we found a situation where the NCT has gone above and beyond what it was actually introduced to do and you know we see situations there where people are going to get an NCT done and because the seatbelt receiver isn't sitting up sorry your car has failed Um, you know you have the wrong uh, the IRL isn't big enough on your number plate Sorry, you've failed. That's nonsense. That's yeah. not a safety issue. You know, things like that are, are very, very annoying and very it was disconcerting for people who find themselves with an older car. I made the point yesterday on National Radio. I, there are four cars around this house. Three of them require an NCT every year. Um, and it will continue in that vein because I can't afford to change them. Uh, a lot of people can't afford to change their cars. Uh, people are keeping their cars longer, especially those who have seven-seaters and who have large families. To buy a new seven-seater car now is the same as a mortgage for a house and like people just have to hold on to the cars for longer so we need to streamline the NCT we need to bring it uh, I suppose away from the nitpicking and the stupid little things that have been done it needs to be you know it needs to be uh, driver friendly um, and it needs to not be and as in what I said and I've been quoted as saying on numerous occasions a money-gathering exercise and that's what it is turning into
0: Shayna, I've, I've made the comment here on the show a couple of times before. I failed the NCT before because I had too many air fresheners hanging from my mirror, and that's why I failed it. And we had a lot of stories in then from listeners who were saying they failed it for re- absolutely ridiculous reasons that have absolutely no um, connection at all with the safety of the car itself. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. do you think maybe this is a role for the Minister for Transport to come in and maybe reassess what, is that, what exactly is being tested and maybe just see are they relevant?
7: Well, you see, look, I'll be honest with you, Ali, I, I would, myself and, and, and the Minister would be, would find ourselves at daggers' ends every other day because I'm a realist and I live in rural Ireland and I believe in looking after our own. And unfortunately, all that the Minister for Transport seems to have con- himself annoyed with is it is blue ways and green ways and yellow ways and every other way, but not about the actual roads that people need to travel on day in, day out there and a few pounds. So unfortunately, eh, when it comes to the Minister for Transport, I would have absolutely no faith in the person whatsoever. And eh, what I do feel is that that plus have been given far too much uh, say over what they can do themselves. When it was introduced in the year 2000, there was five um, strands that had to be looked after. Very, very simple, very basic, and to ensure that, you know, cars were taken off the road that should not be on the road. I plus came along there and they introduced, you know, this whole new thing about diagnostics, and then they introduced a couple of other things as well. And that is just more and more and more money. And what really frustrates me is we have a situation in this country where we're under horrid pressure trying to get young men and young women to look at the trades, to go into be a mechanic, go into be into diagnosis, go into do whatever like that. And these people are going to be needed more now than ever. Um, And we're trying to get them to do that. However, They go to the NCT, your headlamps have failed. So you have to go back to your own local independent garage man or woman. You back, you go, they have a look at it, they go through the whole lot, you arrive back to the NCT, the NCT fails it. And you end up having to go to the main dealer because the main dealer is the only person that is able to get such and such a thing or whatever like that. Mm -hmm. And then by the time that the person, this is an elderly lady beside me, I I know from experience that this happened. Then she went to 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 the main dealer. The main dealer set the lights. She had to go back to her own local... Uh, independent garage person to get the lights refocused after passing the NCT because they had focused them in such a way that she couldn't see the side of the road, an elderly lady, with people walking on the road at night. So, you know, look, it seems to me that for every time that we go to introduce something, it creates more trouble and more hassle. The department uh, handed over a contract that plus many, many, many moons ago and walked away. That's not good enough. That's not serving the people of this country. And it's something that needs to be rehashed relooked to and it needs to be something that is more friendly to the people who are spending the money on it than it is at the present guys
0: Jane, one of our listeners, Pat, he texted in and he said, "What he would like to see happen is that uh, cars would be assessed on mileage as opposed to year." Is that something you'd agree with?
7: Well, you see, I would agree with anything that is going to ensure that it takes this fear away from people going into the NCT. alley. Yeah. I'm telling you here and now, and I'll be straight up and I'll say it: I'm, I'm not a very old person, but I can tell you that I have five children. I, uh, some of them have gone through state examinations, and there is, I have to say, the same fear when you go into the the NCT with your car. you're hoping that they're going sick it's like one of your children went through a junior or even sir. Yeah. and we shouldn't have that this has been done for ourselves to ensure that our cars are safe on the road. We shouldn't feel as if we've been interrogated about our own car and I don't blame the workers I don't blame the workers in the NCT those uh, men and women. They are, they, are, they are trying to do the very best that they can with the regulations and the standards that have been put in front of them that they have to act upon. And they take the backlash off Joe Public uh, when things go wrong. But it just has turned into a total and utter ordeal. For the, for the driving motorist in this country, for the motorist in this country. They have themselves all wound up over an NCT and it should be something that we should just zip in and do. I have to say, not too often that I'll ever quote the UK as doing something right, but the way that they do their um, MOT testing is very simple, very simple. How is it to, different to ours? Well, you go to your local garage person uh, and they're an they MOT centre and they do the MOT for you. Right. So whilst you're in getting your, your twice yearly... Um, you're in getting your twice yearly uh, your service. service. Yeah. You can get your MOT done when you're there. No. Like it makes far more sense. Yeah. But you see, the problem with us here is that that won't, that won't satisfy uh, the Department of Transport and it certainly won't satisfy the current minister because that plus then will be taken out of the system and it would mean then that there wouldn't be a massive amount of money being paid to a Spanish company and then we can't be the best boys and girls in Europe. And this is the problem that is going on in our country as well. We seem to hand away far too much responsibility for what's been done in our own country. And basically, if you get your hands washed of it, well then you have no responsibility. Well, it's time, I'm afraid, for the department and indeed for the same system. Minister, to have a look at this because this can't go on. You cannot have 50% of people going for NCT testing failing. It's wrong.
0: Shane, your own county then, Cavan, reporting the highest failure rate of 59%. Why do you think that is?
7: Well, I would be totally honest with you, and I would say it has to do with the roads. There's right. no point in saying anything else. And uh, I have advocated over the last number of years that we should have an NCT for the roads, that we're told that you must have your car, or your car must be roadworthy. But it appears that the department doesn't want to have the roads car-worthy. So, you know, at the end of the day it's Joe Public again, who's going to have to spend the money, I suppose, to keep their car right for the failures of government in rural roads and in roads, I suppose, throughout the length and breadth of the country. So, we have to look at it in a holistic point of view. It's very, very wrong, I feel, personally, but then again, that's B being me, that we are absolutely penalising people uh, for their car has just not been, uh, I suppose, 100%, but yet they're driving on roads to get to an NCT centre that there is no doubt there could be, in a worse state by the time they get there. So we have an issue here, border roads and whatever else that, and I have to say, in fairness to our county council, and I'll give them great credit for it too, they've tried their best, they've done fantastic work over the last number of years with the funding that we're getting from central government to put the roads in space. But it's no more temporary, it's no more than any other county. We could all do it with more money, but our roads are a problem and that is why I think our cars are failing so much, because if you do look at the Dublin centres, the Dublin NCT centres, those in urban centres, don't have as much of a fail rate as we have in rural Ireland.
0: That's interesting. Yeah,
7: and that's that's actually a fact now. That's not just you know pie in the sky. Yeah, the reason for it being is they're not doing the same driving that we're doing. Like you think about the you think about the the, um, the ordinary family car and county Tipperary. So we have Joe and Mary blogs and they have two kids going to, one going to the national school, one going to the secondary school, we'll say, and there's uh, Gaelic football, there's hurling, there's Irish dancing, there's karate, there's different things going on in the evenings. Mary goes to work, Joe goes to work, she's a Sundays, they're going to a match. Saying, a rural car is used a hell of a lot more than a car is in urban settings where you have public transport. We don't have that luxury in, in rural Ireland. So at the end of the day, what we must have is our main uh, source. Uh, of getting anywhere is our private car so yeah. of course our private car is going to find the rough and tumble and the wear and tear on it more so um, than cars in urban settings and you know it should be reflected that way too so we need to have a look at the whole thing holistically to exactly what's going on because I will be totally honest with you having too many uh, air fresheners um, <laughs> you know my father used to say many years ago he had to clean himself getting out of my car <laughs> rather than getting into it and uh, God be good to him but at the end of the day too many air fresheners that, that's ridiculous. Crazy. Yeah, you know, like, And that's unfortunately what it does. And then it puts sour taste in everybody's mouth. And then when we had this that appeared in the Irish Independent the other day, everybody's up in arms over it. I've been calling and making these calls for the last two or three years and it just seems to have captured the imagination of the people in the last 24 hours.
0: Yeah, well, I think they're just getting frustrated with it. Councillor Shane O'Reilly, a pleasure to talk to you this morning. Thanks so much for joining and us. And mine, Ali.
7: Thank you very much. Thank Bye-bye. you,
0: Shane. Uh, just some reaction to that. William said having to test a four-year-old car is crazy. It's soft money for the state. Uh, Pat also said the fear he speaks about... Thank <laughs> you. That's in relation to that kind of um, pre-test fear that a lot of motorists will have. You said it's the same as doing a driving test. Uh, A listener says the NCT is a money spinner, not for our government. Uh, Another listener says Ireland is the only country where cars must be roadworthy for roads that aren't car-worthy. Good point. Uh, Paddy was also in touch. He said slating the NCT when it is a government arm controls it isn't factual. The Road Safety Authority set the tone. The Diagnostics, as your caller claims, is an RSA directive, not... NCT staff. The NCT guys are audited very regularly and can be disciplined if the RSA auditors deem that the inspection wasn't carried out correctly. Blaming the NCT staff is ludicrous when it is a government department calling the shots. Uh, thanks for that, Paddy. I think Shane, though, did clarify that. He doesn't blame NCT staff at all. Um, it's just maybe how it was as he said. A+, plus were given a contract for it and then the government kind of wiped their hands of it and, and nothing was ever... Um, I suppose, under regulation, I suppose, really. Diane joins me on the line now. Hi, Diane. Good morning. Good to talk to you this morning, Diane. Tell me, what's your thought on the NCT? Now, Councillor Shane Raleigh said he didn't want to see it scrapped completely, but it does need an overhaul. Would you agree with him?
8: Oh, 100%. Like, to me, the NCT is literally telling me the state of my car at a particular time, on a particular day, like... You could do whatever you need to do to your car to pass the NCT, be it change tyres or whatever, drive out the road and take those tyres off, but you still have a valid NTT. Yeah. So it's a particular point in time that that car is deemed to be roadworthy. Like, you know, you can fail the NCT and drive out of it with the dangerous car. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's not adding up.
0: I think everyone welcomed it when it first came in because, I mean, there the, there certainly was an argument for saying that we've too many older and defective and dangerous cars on the road and they need to be, maybe, if not taken off, they need to at least be monitored or to be tested in some regards. So I, I, I do think there was good feeling towards the NCT at the beginning. Would you agree with that?
8: I think there is, and there's probably a sense of resentment now because um, my husband made a point to me the other day. He's like, should we just let the car go to the NCT, see what it needs to be done, and fix it? We do she the same. Years thing. Ago,
0: yeah.
8: Do you know whereas years ago, like say my dad would um parents would have fixed whatever was broken in the car yeah. straight away. Do you know there was a certain more respect I suppose to the car, and we're now like, ah, oh, should look, should we let it go, and whatever it says says. Do you know, and sometimes we'd be surprised and going, "Jesus, what's wrong with it?" Do you know? Yeah.
0: And there's sometimes, I mean, you could bring it for a couple of services and you think that's flying it now, it's ready for the NCT and it'll fail the NCT on something stupid. And then there'll be days you won't bring it for the service before the NCT thinking, sure, it'll fail and I'll see what's wrong with it. And it'll fly through.
8: But that's it. And then, like, you know, the retest or whatever. And, well, I know, like, say ours is due in February. And as of last year, the closest time I could get was October. So my car from February to October was deemed to be roadworthy even though it hadn't been tested just because I had a date booked. Wow. And you did know, you get it's, your
0: free test because you were entitled to your free test? No. No, no. Aww. No, because we booked it
8: online so you had to pay there and yeah. then and you know that kind of way because trying to get to talk to an actual human these days is some sort of miracle.
0: Crazy. What do you, you think then needs to happen? Do you think we should keep the NCT and change it or do you think it needs to be scrapped entirely?
8: I think it needs a a huge reform to the point of scrappage. Um, I would I I was thinking of this maybe something if you could prove that you had your car serviced or whatever it needs doing and then kinda of link that to your insurance and maybe kinda of reduce your insurance premium if you've got it I don't know, service twice a year, whatever yeah. the parameters be. And that reduces your insurance premium to whatever you know, if you could link it maybe some way that way.
0: Yeah. What do you think of the idea of having something similar to what they have in the UK that your mechanic is able to kind of deem it roadworthy?
8: I think that's great. Yeah. That would be super. But that's open to huge... That's the problem. Corruption, yeah. say, or... Or, abuse. or Look. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just grand. I'll, I'll do it next week, just I need it for this week. Do you know, that kind yeah. of way. I know, not saying that would happen, but it could happen. So... I think there needs to be some sort of impartiality or independence thing. Um,
0: but I think maybe linking it back to the insurance would be
3: yeah.
0: something that people might buy into a bit quicker. Well, it's giving an incentive too, isn't it?
8: Yeah, like, you know, it's it's linking it back to something that might save you the money in the long run rather than kind of running your car to the ground, putting it in every year, kind of going, "Oh sure, yeah, we do that bit and then bringing it back and you're like, oh, yeah, that's great. Mm. And then like that, go down the road and take the wheels off or You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. it just, it's it's like going back to the driving test years ago where you could go in on your learner permit, fail your test and drive out of the centre.
0: Yeah, it, it's still essentially like that though. I mean, I know you technically, you shouldn't be doing that, but you still technically can do that. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Diane, I don't know. We won't solve it this morning anyway, but great to talk to you. I'm not paid enough to solve it. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I, Diane, so we'll leave it there. Thanks so much. Happy New Year. Happy Bye Happy New now. Year. Bye, Diane. Uh, let's see. listener says, truck and bus drivers having to repeatedly do CPC courses over and over again is a complete waste of money. Uh, one six-module course should be enough. That's from one listener. Keep those texts coming in. 083 We're back after this.
5: Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry
4: In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the premier county. Slattery'sGarage.ie Welcome back
0: to Tip Today. In relation to the NCT, listener says, in relation to the valid NCT period, your car is four months past renewal date. You have tested and then you've only eight months before the next test, while the car brought for a test one month before expiry date gets 13 months before the next test. They've both been tested that day, yet one has five months more of being in test. That's a good point from a listener. Another listener says the test for commercial vehicles is annual and garages are approved to do it. We should implement this for the NCT. Another listener says people love their cars and will fix it when something needs fixing. The roads are like bog roads trying to avoid potholes. A listener says what about people on e-scooters who show no respect to pedestrians or other road users like they're not NCT tested uh, and another one we have international trucks and vans with foreign drivers driving on our roads every day. They don't have to do any test here and some are very dangerous drivers. Keep those texts coming into to us 083 311 3311 Now one of the big talking points on the show this week was that OECD report that claimed there were no excess deaths in Ireland during peak Covid. We spoke to Anthony Staines who explained to us Uh, why that was, and he was telling us that it's all to do basically with comparisons to population growth and the fact that we have an older population. I have to say I'm still very confused by that report. I think a lot of listeners and callers were too and quite suspicious of it. Then, on Tip Today, we get an email into the show yesterday, which was a bit of an aha moment, I think, that could explain our confusion and the confusion around this report Patrick Walsh good morning to you.
9: Good morning Ali thanks for having me on.
0: My pleasure Patrick good to talk to you this morning. First of all could you tell me your background?
9: Um, I'm 56 years of age I'm from just a cycle Kenny and I've worked as an accountant for 39 years of my life so yeah I'm a qualified accountant i worked in practice for 23 years and I was a financial controller in a major business for 15 years.
0: Okay so you know numbers
9: Yes, I do. And let's be clear, I'm not a statistician, but uh, I know numbers, yeah.
0: Okay. So, Timmy, what was your reaction when you came across or when you saw reports of this OECD report on COVID deaths?
9: Well, I've been looking into this excess deaths thing for a long time, Ali, so I I knew straight away these figures didn't add up. Now, what the OECD are trying to do is, and it's understandable, as populations get older, you need to try to factor that in. So they have some sort of a formula so you can compare year on year, and you build into the age profile of the population as it gets older. Right. Now, that's that's what they're trying to do, and that's that's fair enough. So I I went to the report. That it's it's OECD health working report one six three, and I went to the report online. Now, just listen to this. Page two of the report. This is the first line. I just read it to you. It says OECD working papers should not reported as representing the official views of the OECD or of its member countries. The opinions expressed and arguments implied are those of the authors. Right. Okay? So from the very start there, OECD are saying, deny any responsibility for it and do not stand over any conclusions. So that's a red flag straight away. So you keep that in mind. Okay, so let's move on to the Irish figures. Now, I, I knew basically what this OECD report says is that Irish Ireland had negative excess mortality for the years 2020, 2021, 2022. That's basically saying we should have seen more Irish people dying. Yeah. Which is flabberg That should flabbergast everyone because we all know the extent of the dying that's going on around the country.
0: Well, not even so, that, but if if we just kept it to COVID, we'll say, and during that time, during that peak time of COVID, so 2022, maybe 2022, 2023, um, the highest number of daily deaths that, that we were able to come across this morning that was reported during that time, and we all remember we were getting daily bulletins on deaths and cases, the highest number we could find was 77. Then the total number of deaths that's reported due to COVID in this country from February 2020 to now, is 9,376. So logic would tell you we should have excess deaths in the country because of COVID during that time.
9: Ali, we do have excess deaths. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I, I wouldn't get too bogged down on uh, for the moment on, on whether they were by, for, from COVID or off COVID or with COVID. But what you say is the truth. There, there has been excess deaths. In t- there hasn't been in 2020. In 2021 and 2022, there has been. But that, uh, when I saw that, they were telling us that, that we was um, negative excess debt in over the years. I knew there was something wrong with the figures. So what I did is I went to the, into the report. I went to the sources. Now, you have to remember, sources in all these reports are part of the report. If these people can't stand over their sources, the report is worthless. Mm. So I went to the sources, on, I think it's on page 39, and there's a link to the CSO. Uh, that's the Central Statistics Office. So I clicked on the link, and this brought me to a cover sheet from the Central Statistics Office, uh, basically saying this contained registered debts for Ireland and give you another link to go in and see the actual figures, which I did. Now, when I went in, this had all the registered debts from, I think it was 1960 onwards to 2022. But the fact of the matter is this report has the registered the debts registered in a year not the actual deaths in the year.
0: Okay, so tell me the difference between registered deaths and actual deaths.
9: In Ireland, you have three months to register a death. In other words, if people dying in December, just gone, then deaths might not be registered until yeah, illegally you're entitled to up to the end of March. But that's more, don't, they're not registered. Any death that's uh, referred to a coroner can't be registered until he passes it off and there's a backlog in inquests and all that sort of stuff. So all those deaths will not appear. Okay? Okay. So the difference is the registered deaths is not the actual deaths in the year. And what the the OECD are trying to compare actual deaths in the year before COVID and after COVID. So basically the reports they're using is totally useless to what they want to do. And on top of that fact, they say if you go to there, there's a footnote to the, to the sources, and I'll I, I read it to you here. They basically say um, that uh, the Irish figures on their are understated for 2020 and 2021, 2021 and 2022.
0: Okay, well let's let's just be devil's advocate for a second. Let's say the the true figure for let's take 2020 for example. If it's just the registered deaths of that year. They would not. Would they not go into 2021? So it would balance out eventually.
9: But the, the problem. The problem is not 2020. No, you see, balancing out. Is not, you can't do balancing out, Ali, because they are trying to separate by year. They're trying. You're saying everything after 2020 is going into the COVID. The problem is, and it's what the Irish government is trying to do. They're trying to lump 2020 in with 2021 and 2022. Yeah. And what happened in 2021, we all know, is the COVID vaccine program was rolled out. But there's a, there's another problem with the 2021-2022 figures is they're significantly understated. And just let me read this footnote. And it says here, this is in the sources, the data for 2021 and 2022 are provisional and subject to change. Registrations of deaths lag occurrence, as Ireland has a legal period of three months for deaths to be registered. Also, due to the health service Executive cyber attack, General Register Offices in Ireland were closed. And as such, the registration of debts was not possible at this time. Now, the 2021 figures are understated by about 3,000.
0: 3,000 I mean, you estimate. Yes.
9: And I, I can show them figures. If you, you, there's up-to-date CSO figures which which will show that uh, there's the most up-to-date CSO figures of 2021 are just over uh, 35,000, I think. And they um, they show an understatus. I just get the figures here in front of me.
0: So let's say if those, if you're saying 2021, is it that's that's underestimated by three thousand? Once those deaths are registered, will that figure then be corrected?
9: Yes, down the line. But the report, the report that. Uh uh, OECD have used is, is, is totally it's not not using actual actual hasn't got the full full amount of deaths and it's not using the actual deaths in the year. So, so they cannot compare.
0: Was that known do you think by government departments before the release of this report, do you think?
9: Well I can't speak for that. Of course. I can, yeah, let, let me just say I contacted the CSO about this, okay? And I asked them, I told them they were citing this report and I said can you can you stand over I basically said, um, can you confirm that this citing is correct, please? And this is, I got, this is the reply I got. I said, good morning, Patrick. I hope all is well. It might be best to direct your query to the authors of the report in order for them to confirm which data sets they utilised for their analysis. As this was a publication compiled by the OECD and not the CSO, the CSO can't confirm which data sets were utilised. In other words, the CSO say they didn't supply any information. So someone supplied it to the incorrect information to the OECD or else they just went to the CSO site and, and took the wrong information. And that's possible. You, you can go into the CSO site and download information.
0: And you say you compiled your figures from actual deaths, Patrick. How are you able to do that?
9: Well, it, you can go to RIP.ie has the has been verified by the CSO as a as a timely, you know, um, calculation of, of mortality in Ireland. They've done analysis on it. And um, there's there's, a, there's good websites out there that basically what they do is they analyse all, all the debts, take out duplications and stuff like that. And they, they put the figures together. Uh, like the, the figures for 2021 going by RIP.ie are just under 36,000 debts.
0: And how does okay. that compare with the OECD?
9: Well, see, the OECD, they, they, they don't put the figures in the report. I, I'm only going by what they say. Yeah. Uh, and and they're, they're saying they're just about 33, 33 I think. Okay,
0: so there's but your. They're 3000, about
9: 3,000 short yeah. for 2021, and they're about 1,500 short for 2022. Ali. I mean, I, I'm looking at the RIP data figures here, and we just picked 2019. The, the figure for, for 2019 was just over 32,000. In 2022, it's just under 37,000. So that's a massive jump. Huge. And the population couldn't have aged that much in three years to have that, to mean that it's all down to people aging, that, that, that those excesses are down to. It. It's, it's just not.
0: Patrick, it could, doesn't make sense. Could part of that have been those um, maybe under underestimated deaths from, from the year before that were brought forward after they'd been registered? Could, could that explain that at all? No. 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 No.
9: no. There's always there's uh, the CSO figures will, ne- are very, will, n- will only be complete maybe three or four years down the line, if, if, sometimes even longer. I mean, the CSO won't issue a report for the 2023 figures until October 2025. October. And even then, 2025, 22 months after the end of the year, they will issue a report showing the mortality for 2023. And even then, it will not be complete because inquests and, and, and Stuff like that would still be outstanding. So that's how far behind we're in in using in, in, in figures from the, from the CSO, and that's not that's not a casting blame at the CSO. Yeah. That's just the Irish system, the, the slow way that's are registered and compiled. It's, that, that's not the CSO creating a difficulty.
0: Patrick, we've a listener here who has the suspicion that maybe this OECD report came out when it did because we're maybe a few weeks or a few months off, we don't know yet, of a COVID inquiry. So this is kind of to, to soften maybe what's going to maybe come down the line or maybe to dictate whatever this inquiry, whatever way this inquiry will go. What's your view on it? Why did this OECD report come out when it did?
9: This the OECD report, I think, has been out for a while. The question is why have the Irish government done press releases on it? And that's basically what happened the other day. I see all the quotes were the same in all the newspaper articles. So this was a press release that the papers ran with without questioning what was in it. Now, why did, why did they do it? Your listener is right. What's happened here is they're willing to put up the embarrassment of the contradiction of telling us that there was no excess deaths in 2020 when they were telling us was people down in doors every day. They're putting up with the embarrassment of that because they want to be able to lump 2020 and 2021 and 2022 in together so they can whitewash the fact that from 2021 onwards, we've had huge excess deaths in Ireland.
3: Mm.
9: And not only in Ireland, across, across the Western world, in the highly vaccinated, COVID-19 vaccinated countries, they've had high excess deaths. But the idea of this report is lump those three years in together. In three months down the line, when this inquiry starts, they can say, oh, the OECD gave us a, a lovely a lovely report there, and they said we had no excess debt, and, and they'll say to you, what are you talking about? The fact of the matter is we've had huge excess deaths in 2021 and 2022, and they're lumping in 2020 and trying to whitewash the whole thing. That's what's happened here, Ali. And your, your, your listener is exactly right, and probably if he was on there air would say it in stronger terms than I would say it. But that is exactly what's happened. Like, go back to... You, you brought this up at Anthony James the other day. The fact that the teacher got cut open the doll last February and said we had massive excess debts and he wanted a report from the CMO. Now, CMO Smith had never brought back any report on the excess debts, but still she turns up in the courts the other day saying how, what, what a great job we did and uh, sending everyone else to get boosters because that's what's saving us. And, uh, Ali, I don't know if there's they actually know that these figures are nonsense from the OECD are are stupid. I, I don't know. But but that there has to be someone there that knows that these figures don't add up.
0: I wonder, will it form part of the inquiry? And we see on the Irish Times today, um, Stephen Donnelly was quoted, um, he said that. He would prefer to see it as more of a review as opposed to an inquiry. But he spoke about it this morning on morning Ireland. I just want to play you a quick clip here.
5: The OECD okay. published a report just before Christmas and it showed that Ireland had the fourth lowest excess mortality rate uh, in the 3 years covid and so 2020 2021 and 22 the fourth lowest rate in the OECD that's not thanks to government that's thanks to a national response where government the iroctus are incredible healthcare workers and people in their communities stood together in the face of this mm, pandemic because and i'm
10: sure you know that for some people the question then arises were the restrictions too
5: tight that's exactly what this review can look at, but ultimately what we wanted to do was save as many lives as possible.
0: There you go, Patrick. Uh, the, the reason we had we didn't have excess deaths because, of our, according to this OECD report, is because we were all good boys and girls and we did what we were told and we stayed at home and we got vaccinated. So is this just a way to maybe stop any questioning of the figures in this OC, OECD report?
9: Exactly, Ali. Ali, I don't listen to... People like that. That's patronizing nonsense, and you know it as well as I do. And um, what he's doing is, he's going to, they're going to keep quoting this report so that no one will look at 2021 and 2022 separately. And all across the world, that's what people are doing. And I mean, you know, the likes of Stephen Donnelly and them, these are the people that should be investigated in this report because. And, and they're the ones organising it. It's like asking the, the fox to, to uh, investigate why he was able to get into the chicken pen. Mm. It's, it's, it, it's it's ridiculous. But but it, it seems to me that what they're using this report. This is going to be the the blanket that they're going to wrap around themselves and not anyone asks the question. And it, 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 the, the lie has to be nailed now. And, and the first part of it is these figures are not appropriate to what they're saying. And they're understated. But, Simple but as that'
0: why isn't it? Why aren't questions being asked about this this report? As far as I'm aware, and I'm open to correction on this, I think Tip Today is the only show that has asked questions about the the the, the truth of these figures. As far as I'm aware, why is yeah, that? I, why I, are no questions being asked? Well,
9: yeah, I, I think you are right. I think you're getting people questioning because someone sent me the link and I couldn't believe that it was actually being discussed on, on, a, on Irish radio. Um, well. I, I, I'm going to tell you a simple fact: uh, all the big mainstream organisations, RTE, Irish Times, Irish Independent, they, they don't have, they don't think for themselves anymore. That every one of those articles about the ECD report had the same quotes and the same words, more or less. So, in other words, it wasn't journalism. Someone going out and finding a report and saying, "Can I get a quote from someone?" This was a press release, an to fool the Irish people. And I, I you know, I Mr. Viratka talks about misinformation. This is misinformation on a massive scale, and it's going on for the last three or four years with, concerning COVID and all that's happened since. And that's that's what's going on. I mean, I think you're, you're right, Ali. I, I'm not aware of anyone else talking about it. I, you saw my article. I, I, I put my articles out independently on Substack, and yeah, I, I, have a, I have a good few subscribers, and, and people share them, and that, that's all I can do. And I... I I don't know if you've looked at my side, I've questioned a lot of stuff in this area. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have no doubt that uh, this report is wrong. It's based on false figures. I'm not saying they deliberately did it. Like the OECD might have just taken them figures and they got it wrong. But the fact that they put a footnote for the 2021 and 2022 figures knows, just points out, the red flag that they know, hold on, there's something strange about these Irish figures. Can I, so they themselves.
0: Can I say, uh, read a text from a listener? It's uh, Paul McCarthy, who's a regular texter to the show. He says, please explain what it is exactly that we're spending, So why we're spending so much energy chewing over the excess deaths OECD report. We all know that COVID killed people, so logically more people died during COVID than would have had if COVID had not happened. Maybe, Tip FM, through your agency, is becoming a conspiracy theory platform. The OECD report would have shown excess deaths if we had not had a rise in the population. Population.
9: It's simple. No, it's not simple, Ali. The, the rise in the population has nothing to do with that. Our rise in the population is all in younger people, and these people were at no risk from COVID. Now, that, that gentleman says that uh, we had—he says we had, everyone knows we had deaths from COVID. Well, the OECD just told us that we didn't have deaths from yeah, COVID. Yeah, yeah. So you know, that's the problem we have he, with he, it. That's exactly the problem we have with it, and they're they're, they're lumping. They're lumping all the years in together. I would separate anything before 2021 as different. Now, so that, that's that's my point of view on it. But I mean, that that listener just you know contradicts himself. He knows we was dying, and we all know what has been dying since. But this this OECD report tells us that, that that more people should have died. Effectively, if you go by the percentages, another 3,000 people should have died in those three years. That's that's what the OECD report has done.
0: Patrick, do you think before this inquiry even starts it, I mean, we're, we're not going in with the correct information before we go into it because regardless, we don't know for definite, We and we don't know how many people in this country died from COVID because as I've said before, dying because of COVID and dying with COVID are very different. So if we don't have clarity on, the, on that figure before we go into an inquiry, what good is it?
9: Well, Ali, see that's you, you, your point is that your point is 100 correct, but uh, th- they know that this 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 is going to be a whitewash. I mean, it started already with quoting this OECD report, and Mr. Danny is out there backing it up again this morning. I mean, this this is this is what they're going to wrap around themselves. And really, you know, my biggest concern is your 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 listeners and you are talking about COVID deaths, and you're right on what you're saying. We don't we don't know what people, by people, died of because the coroners were told anyone that had COVID, they would sign it off as a COVID death and report it as such. That's that's how it worked. There was to be no investigation. If if the person had COVID, signed it off as a COVID death, and that's what into the figures. And no one knows what they died of. But that's you know, that, that was, you know whether that was right or wrong to do at the time. It's been done. There's nothing we can do about that. But the, the fact of the matter is now we should be standing back and not trying to be isolated. Did they die of COVID or what did they die of? Let's just look and see how many people died in Ireland in 2020 in 2021 and 2022 and compare it to previous years, right? And when we look at those figures and you see the massive increases that happened after 2021, let's then see, okay, right, is it because everybody, the population was getting older over two or three years that so this many people actually could die? And if someone can explain to us that that is the reason, well then, fair enough, let, let's have a look at it. But you, you cannot lump in 2020 with 2021 and 2022 because there was no excess deaths in 2020. I'm looking at the RIP figures here. In 2019, we had 32,174 RIP funeral nurses. In 2020, the figure was 32,777. That's only 600 more. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that's not really excess deaths. In 2021, you jumped to just under 36,000. Okay? we so 3,000 extra in one year. That's when the excess debt started. Now, we all know what else started in 2021. But, but if I say it out loud, you'll have the fellas ringing up saying, you know, take that conspiracy theorist off the radio. Well, you know, you, you, these figures are real. I, I've sent you all the figures out and you, and you can see them. And if you want me to send on anything more, I'd gladly do it. But the starting point of view has to be the actual fact that these people are dead and they're buried in the ground. That's the starting point, and we know the numbers. So let someone come and explain to us why they're all dead.
0: Patrick, I'm out of time for this morning. I'm afraid I'll have to leave it there, but thank you for your time this morning.
9: Thank you very much.
0: All right. Thanks, Patrick. Uh, a lot of texts in on that. Uh, listener says not all reported COVID deaths were actually by COVID, but by another cause. Uh, Brian says we're still having excess deaths. It had been at 17%. It's now down to between 10 and 12% by my estimation, but hugely excessive. Um, other than being vaccine-related deaths, it cannot be explained. Um, and thank God you're covering it this subject because it is a cover-up. That's according to Brian. 83 311 311
5: If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call Tip Today on 1-800-938-007. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry in
4: association with Slatteries of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slatteries Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over fifty years in the Premier County. SlatteriesGarage.ie. Welcome back to Tip Today. Time
0: now for a Friday panel. Delighted to be joined our first one of 2024. Welcome panelists. We've Peter Ryan, we've Joe Lee, and we've Mary Alice O'Connor. Good morning to you all. Good morning, morning, Alice. Alice. Great to have you all this morning. Our first one. How are we easing in? I'm four days in work now, so I'm all right. I'm over the. (laughs) Are you still in a hump? Are you okay? No, we're fine. All right. Good girl, Mary Alice. If we start with the NCT, because we spoke to Councillor Shane O'Reilly earlier in the show, uh, he believes the NCT has become more about making money than ensuring safety. He wants to see basically a root and branch change or at least a review of how the NCT is carried out. He's saying it's not accurately assessing vehicle safety and motorists then are being forced to pay for unnecessary repairs, what are our thoughts on the NCT? Do we agree with Councillor O'Reilly, who I have to say, he said he didn't want to see it scrapped entirely, but he does want to see a kind of a change of it. Peter, if I start with you, what's your view on the NCT?
10: Well, Alison, uh, the whole programme are taken up on my views on the <laughs> NCT because uh, it's just a total and utter joke, should be scrapped and some new system should be put in place. Okay. It's a complete and utter money racket Uh, there's no... It makes no sense that you get a care tested uh, at two years of age when a car now is more computerised than your studio here. Yeah, It'll tell you exactly if your wheel is a little bit soft, if this, that's the other thing. That care goes through the same rigorous test as my 20-year-old one. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, And I can go in uh, with just enough of tread left in my wheels my tyres to pass the test now I might do 25,000 kilometres on those tyres and I'm okay till I have to change it for the next test Mm. because she's passed the NCT for the twelve months,
0: yeah. Unless you so, get stopped in the meantime, now we have. Uh, yeah.
10: If you have your NCT, they don't really check your care for stuff like that oh because my, you have. I can hear just all the guards
0: roaring at me, Peter. They will check your tyres, <laughs> yeah. and if your threads uh, are thin, you'll be done first.
10: Yeah. Well, maybe. But and the other thing with I'm, my own van now uh, is going for a DOE next week. Yeah. Now it's only five months since they done the last one, and when they done the last test on it, they threw the book at me. Because I was in hard luck, there was an inspector in the garage on the day. Oh. So, I have a brilliant mechanic and he told me that van will fly it everything is perfect about it. When I went back to him with the list, he said, holy God, what's this all about? The back doors of the van, when you open them out, there's a little clip on them to keep them opened out straight or to twist them out around the side. Right. Uh, That was one of the things that failed on now, you don't have your back doors open driving along the road. No, it it's not no, affect the
0: safety of the car. That will not yeah. affect
10: the safety of the car. There was a small little bit of wear on the safety belt crossing my breastbone. Yeah. That another one gone. What? This is a... I could go through it. I have I a mean, It
0: wasn't threadbare now, just to be... No,
10: no, 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 no. The one we put on, that was practically the same. Yeah. Because there was another little bit of wear. If you look at any of your seat belts yeah. in a machine that's maybe 0809... There's a little bit of wire where it crosses the zips and stuff. And mm. uh, this is the kind of stuff they failed the van on. Two weeks later or three weeks later, I had this little click in the um, CV joint. And then I had to bring that back and get that done. They never, spot, they never spotted wow. that, which is a mechanical problem Parts with the, the van. Yeah. But uh, every, there was a tiny little crack on a back light. The whole unit had to be changed. Five hundred euros, what? So I won't take you any longer. One other quick story: My daughter's um, her care had to be brought for the um, NCT. Mm. The only place she could get it was in Kilkenny.
3: Yeah.
10: But the care hadn't been on the road for a year and a half, so I had to get a trailer, put the care up on the on the trailer with my van. I head for Kilkenny.
0: Oh my god.
10: Down we went, got the the care tested, and he dropped it outside the door to me, and I said, well, it's fine, no problem. No, he said, it failed. I said, what did it fail on? The back tyres, he said, are turned the wrong way. What? Yeah, they're, they're, they're treading for, for something to do with water or whatever. He said, they're turned the wrong way. And I said, what did that mean? He said, they're turned the wrong way. So I said, if I put the left-hand one on the right side and change them around, will it pass the test? It will, he said. And I said... Why didn't you do that? When you had the four tyres off, just put them back on the right place. Obviously somebody took off the tyres and they mixed them up and put them on the wrong place. So lucky enough, I said, if I change those, will you pass it for me? He said, we'll send out an inspector to you if you change them. So I had the van in the gear. Five months later, I was picking him. Have a look at this yo. They came out, quick look, yeah, signed the thing, passed.
0: Oh, for all of that. This was
10: a full day of me, wasted below.
0: Yeah.
10: Halfway down the country. Because I couldn't get a test in my local in my local uh, town or that.
0: Yeah, and the the
11: waiting time is another huge issue with it. Mary Alice, where are you on the NCT? Yeah, I was listening to you and I driving down here this morning, and I heard the councillor talking about it. And I think he made some very valid points. I think it is seen by people at this stage as being a, um, a money making racket, definitely. Um, also, the failure rate, particularly in, in certain areas, is extremely high and he went through all of that and that has a point. I suppose um, there's 50 testing centres around the country and the NCT company made profits of £5.89 million apparently, last year. Wow. So one has to think of it in that context as well. Now, how you'd reform it or review it is another matter. Mm. Um, Councillor O'Reilly pointed out that he remembers the jalopies, as he calls them. I'm familiar with that term that we all had on the road. Um, prior to the year 2000 when this came in. yeah. But it sounds, and I do know, anecdotally anyway, people will tell you that they don't get the service done. They put it in for the end. Now, I wouldn't be of that mind. I do. My car is three years old and um, just now in January and I got a letter before Christmas. Like, the mileage done on the car considering um, COVID and everything is, is very low. Yeah. And I think certainly it wouldn't need to be going through an NCT so I think a review definitely and a look at it and has it been you know are we getting carried away with all of this it's like the the, um, the speed cameras are they again run by a private company are they about making money for the private company yeah so then, Joe, it kind of gets rid of the the whole
0: point of bringing in things like the NCT and the speed vans is yes. to create a safer society. But when you involve money in it, that becomes the priority.
12: Well, the first thing I couldn't help uh, uh, was that Shane O'Reilly was from Cavan. <laughs> that was the first thing that hit them <laughs> Careful mind. Careful
0: now what you're about to <laughs> say <laughs> about Cavan. <Kevin, Kevin. laughs>
12: <laughs> that was the first thing What's that hit my mind. What's
0: wrong <laughs> with Cavan? <Kevin?
12: laughs> yeah. Well, you heard about... the would it, be Neil Tobin used to be use calling those... those uh, yeah, cabin people. Yeah. Anyway, um, no, I, I totally agree with the NCT. I do, but I think, I I, I I do agree with the NCT. I think it's good. I think nothing reminds you more than when you're driving along. I was coming down the road like last night, and all of a sudden you see these group of people coming against you with one light gun in the car mm. and one yeah. light like, and they're, you don't know there's a car or a motorbike that's coming against you and they're lethal, and that's the truth. I know. I was out one day in care in the NCT's centre, and there was this guy there, like and he was told, you know, the chassis in your car has been re-welded in the wrong place, it's li- Ill, Ill, illegal to drive but you're going to be wrong. And he just smiled and off he went. But he was told out straight, blah, blah, blah. Yes, does it need to be reformed? It certainly does need to be reformed. I think, uh, you know, and I'll agree, not heard everything now that the Lazard said, but I'll agree with some of it, in the sense that I think with all these, you know, these computers and cars, and I think maybe up to five years, you know what I mean, for your first mm-hmm. test or something like that, you know, because everything and anything will tell you what's gone wrong with all these modernizations in cars. But at the end of the day, I think it's a system that is in place. I think if a car is, I, and I'm open to correction on this now, but I think if a car is defectively dangerous, I think it should be mm. seized at the NCT centre. I think now whether that's there yes. or not, I can't tell you. And I know they'll probably end up with a pile of ricks if it yeah. is. Mm. But at the same time if it's dangerously unroadworthy, I don't think it should be given back to the individual. Mm. I think that's one thing. I think as you said, somebody was on the air there, some presenter was saying this morning about air fresheners dangling in that, front that of their me, cars yep. and, and <laughs> I Oh and my it was
0: there. like a cut cat yeah. that day, I <laughs> tell you.
12: Yeah, I can I can imagine and those things are bloody annoying when you fail like that. Mm. And it is a bit of a fear. But so is like so is going to the doctor a fear when you have the pain in the yeah. chest or so yeah. is going to any of these any kind of a test is a fear. You know, regardless. But I do think though that it has made a lot more cars more roadworthy. Mm-hmm. I agree. No, that's one page. The next page, the private company and make it a bucket load of money. Now that's a different ballgame altogether. Mm-hmm. And that that needs to be certainly tackled. But it's the more like than the, than the motorways and the toll bridges and the more than mm-hmm. the speed vans the more there's a whole plethora of things that are out there. And the, the, you know the government of the day at the time, I don't know who brought them in or when they were brought in and not does not matter, they're in now and that's it. And they signed off on these private companies footing up yeah. for the expense of all you these things. In
0: health as well. And it everywhere. Health as well.
12: Yeah. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And all that and it's It certainly does need to be reviewed. But in principle, I do think it's a good idea to have it, in principle.
0: Well, what we're seeing now, the NCT is only a very small facet of the whole road safety thing, because what we've seen when it comes to road deaths in this county, God knows we had an awful year last year, uh, rising from seven in 2022 to 16 in 2023, nationwide 184 deaths. We had a huge discussion on this, Peter, this weekend. Listeners giving their views on it, everything from lights to drink driving to the lack of the. Like, can we ever really identify what the cause is or is it so multifaceted we, we have to look at the thing very broadly?
10: First of all, I'd like to offer my condolences again to everybody that has ever been involved hmm. in such, such incidents and crashes and deaths and all that. Because I was that person that close uh, about 10 years ago with my own son when he could have been anything. Still find it hard to talk about. Yeah. But his accent was caused by water flowing onto a road. That water has still haven't had not been corrected today. I actually spoke about it to another source a few months ago and they wanted pictures and this sent done just to see what's going on, they couldn't believe it. The water and it's not too far from Fathom Clan Mill here mm. and the road, the the water planing is a major problem. Now, all the different accidents, first of all, you can't walk the roads because the bushes are halfway out of them. Mm. Uh, there's no lighting. There's no, there's no uh, the potholes. You drive along the road, they'll like, care, swear, vet you, and you say, what the hell is he all about, or she? And next thing you realize that after avoiding a crater on the road. We all do it. So, I would start off with getting our roads sorted first, even more so than CARES and the NCTs and all of that. Yeah, I think our biggest biggest problem is the maintenance of our roads. Okay, I was in Dublin the other day, it's lovely the minute you go to CAIR and hit to the airport or whatever, but that's only for a certain amount of drivers. The rest of us are on secondary roads 99% of our time and if you look at it, that's probably where most of the accidents are happening.
11: Mary Alice, what what's your take on it? Yeah, I think the roads are much busier. There's a lot more vehicles on. Most people, most cars, you, most households have two, three, four, maybe cars in them nowadays. Uh, sons and daughters living at home, working away, driving mm. long distances, etc. Um, I live on the N74, which is between Tipperary and Cashel. It's a bad road. People do not obey the speed limit. It's 80 Kilometers. Dear God, if you bring it down, what will they do? They'll just ignore it. It's been ignored. Mm. You couldn't come out my gate. You'd be taking your life in your hands. You have to be very, very cautious, particularly if you're turning against, you know, uh, 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 opposite the flow of the traffic. Um, so I think there's all of that. Um Peter is right in when he's saying that the secondary roads, in particular, I mean, you can drive down to Cork on the motorway, you can drive it, you can join it at Care or Cashel for me, and you know, it's a straight line, more or less, and you stay in your lane and whatever. Mm. But secondary roads are much more challenging and definitely people are not keeping to the existing speed limit. Yeah. And I don't I don't think that reducing the speed limit is the answer. That'll only add to frustration and annoyance. Yeah. Joe, one of the things that came up with callers
0: as well this week was that drivers aren't being tested properly in this country, that they're not tested on night driving, driving on ice or water or driving on motorways. Do you think it should the, the test
12: system also come under review? Oh, that has to come under review. Like, it makes absolutely what? Like, in the name of God, it makes no sense at all that you're tested, like, in a town you now, like at 30 kilometres 40. Yeah. And if you're lucky enough, like, in your past and all the gods are with you, you know, and you can technically, like, like drive home at. 100 kilometres. So yeah. None of this makes any sense at all. And I know no there are people on you have to have a, this driver with you and that driver with you and all the other drivers with you. All this thing makes no sense. If you're if you're doing 100 be tested at 100. If you're driving in the night be tested driving in the night. This is only all common sense stuff. Like yeah. God. But I would say one thing Like, and I do a lot of driving now and I would say one thing that the amount of traffic on the road yes. has increased absolutely incredibly. And there's one thing that we need to adapt to and we need to get used to is give, allowing ourselves more time to bloody well get there yeah, because yeah. whether you like it or you don't like it it's going to take you more time anyway
3: Yeah,
12: because like that there's a, a road like that we go you know from here say from Clamel, say to Limerick you know mm. up through and it's a nightmare of a road and, mm. there's, and why is it a nightmare? Let's be honest about this, because you have nowhere to overtake. What yeah, does that yeah. mean? We have no patience, so you can't pass the person in front of you. There's only one little spot, and everyone is taking there's the spots, chance. Two spots, actually, d- right? That road every day. there's <laughs> right. Two <Yeah>. spots. <laughs> two spots. And, you, and, and, and why do we say this? That you, know, yeah. you know, And the other temptation, then, of course, is when you do get onto the motorway as people referred to you know, you're driving along there like you're cruising, like,
0: mm. yeah. and you're
12: at 120, you think you're parked, and
0: What's you don't right? even realise. Yeah. You forget your driving.
11: You hat. forget hat. your
12: driving, and the next yeah. day all of a sudden you're up there and you're looking, and say, "Holy God, slow down again." Yeah. You know,
11: statistically. Alison, they're saying, uh, I heard it yesterday, that um, the most accidents happen uh, at the night, you know, in the nighttime and at weekends. Yeah. And the biggest, sadly, the biggest um, number of road deaths is from young men. Yeah. And I think, and some people and some men that aren't so young are absolutely so aggressive when they sit behind the wheel. Yeah, like I know people and who are perfectly nice, and they sit behind the wheel, they put the boot to the floor, and they want to pass everybody out. They,
12: I know, but you see, if you look at, like, <laughs> it, like if you look at, Maria,
11: you're talking about a, me. Mary a couple O's of weeks ago, me like, me like really? you know, I was,
12: I was oh. driving into a city there a couple of weeks ago. You know, and you know, you pass male and female. You oh. know, and they're, they're like doing up, doing in in traffic, putting on the makeup. Another fellow I was looking at shaving in the bloody, and you're <laughs> saying <laughs> to yourself, another fellow texting, like it's all. It just goes on. But it's all its all it's because we haven't planned the bloody journey. And I know we're not all yeah. 18 anymore. Yeah. You haven't planned the journey and you haven't done this. We need to give ourselves that bit yes. more time. If you drive into any housing estate around around Prairie or any other county for that matter, what started out in the beginning with a husband, a wife or, or a couple with one car or two cars, yeah. with what the they're arrival they're seeing, of children, yeah, yeah. Mary Alice has just said, like, all of a sudden now there's six cars. Now all of a sudden there's nowhere to park at all. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we're not even addressing what happens if the fire brigade has to yes. arrive at four o'clock in the morning mm. and they'll be off. But the reality is, where do they park?
3: Yeah. Where do you yeah. do all
12: these things? Yeah. You know, and you can go on like to the roads and all these kind of things. The roads like were designed years ago, had a small little water gully, a small little yoke, mm. you know, a foot by six inches. Should sure, the name of God we got to show rain out wouldn't take it in the month of Sunday's no. like, you know. So we're not, all we're doing the whole time They really and truly is, it's firefighting. From every aspect of what we're at in the country. Yeah. And we're doing this. We need to say we'll sort out one problem and sort it. Yeah. We're not we're not doing that because we're all the time playing catch-up on everything that we're at.
11: Well, know? they were talking about the electric cars last night on, on The Tonight Show. And um, the conclusion that they came to really basically was... The electric cars there's nothing around them but the infrastructure isn't there yeah so and, and something I was totally unaware of I didn't realize that we'll say for example you were supposed to be able to get um from A to b 240 kilometers in um you know with a full charge but that it's um dependent on the weather and you'll get a lot less in the winter time and how many people you have in the car I was astonished. I mean, yeah but, but, I, I was I'm so taken that back. obviously makes
10: sense though if you've electric car and you pull the trailer with it,
11: yeah, the battery isn't going to last
10: yeah. as long yeah. as if you have one person sitting in a in a. But they only make sense. Peter, they weren't any. even
11: talking about a trailer. Yeah. They were talking about if you had kids in the exactly. car. Exactly. It's Jeez, weird. Wow. Mary and it's Joseph, weird. Like, where are we going? Like? And anyone that ever used um, power tools
10: since no. all these battery stuff come in, yes. When you start into the heavy stuff, <laughs> you might as well leave the battery in the van because the battery we'll just run out of charge and yeah. soak fastly, so yeah. fast. So, like, it's... The same obviously makes sense with cars. If you yeah. fill up the car, it has more weight to carry. Yeah. So it'll take more. But yeah. nobody's telling us that because they just want to they offload want to s- all these electric stuff on us. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when we'll have enough of this, then we're going to start to see the real problems.
12: Yeah.
3: Mm.
10: You but, know?
12: but if, look, if looking, like, you look at, like, your picture, like, just say, you drive, say, to Dublin. And you're leaving, we'll just say at five o'clock this evening, and it's lashing rain. Yeah. You know, you have lights on, mm,
11: you have wipers yes. on. Yeah. yeah.
12: Now, should that be the case? You have the heater yeah. heat yeah. on. Yeah. You have all, so like, that's what, as so Bill said, common off the sense. Power. Yeah. That has to draw off the power, should like yeah. anything, you know? Yeah. But all these are all sales gimmicks. Like, the thing is, it's up to everybody themselves what they want to do at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I think they'll slow down. I honestly believe, like, that speed, you know, speed is a huge, it's a huge killer. And I don't want to upset anybody, and as Peter no. said already, you know, our sympathies go out to everybody of who has lost anybody, like, in the past 12 months and beyond that and before mm-hmm. that and all. But I would honestly think that speed is a huge... And I'm not saying speed as in blaming anybody who has lost anybody or reflecting on that. But I honestly think if we slow down, I think yes. it will help. Yeah, and I really do that. And
11: yeah. maybe just be a bit more conscious of each other on the road maybe. We'll and, and I think the fact is that um, there, you know people know now that there is less scardy out there and less likelihood of being stopped I think people are back taking a chance with the drink driving. Do you think? I do and certainly with the drugs uh, you know, because do you equate, if you have something in your system, you know do you understand that that makes you less likely to be able to um, make have good judgment, yeah. I I would think that there would be a certain amount of chances being taken. Do you know what? I'll, I'll tell you the three yeah. a secret
0: there now, right? <laughs> don't tell anybody. Don't,
12: don't tell to prairie now. No.
0: Eddie yeah. Golden was in with us a few weeks ago and I was on for, for Fran at the time and he was showing me the new drug test that mm. the Garthy do. Right. So I did the drug test for him. Eddie Golden, of course, is a gentleman and told me I passed it. I didn't pass it. I actually failed the drug test because I had a sulpidine that morning. And that would never have occurred to me that I would fail a drugs test based off of one sulpidine. Wow. Like, Joe, you're looking at me like you're not surprised. Is that not surprised? I, I was shocked.
12: Yeah. No, no, what, what, i tell you, I'm not surprised. Any of those things because at the end of the day, what it's, it's a test. It shows like what's in your system. It shows what's in your body. Yeah. It's more like, the, you know, like, you know, when you, you're talking about side effects, like on yeah. anything, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm. If you, there's side effects to everything. Whatever you do, is yeah. a side effect. If you eat too much, there's a side effect. If you don't eat, there's another side effect, you know? So the likes of or the likes of any of those paracetamols or any of those yeah. things, they contain a drug.
0: But yeah. to me, see, that's yeah. not a drug in my head. Do you know in what I mean? Yeah. Drug driving yeah. to me is something totally yeah. different. I know. And Maybe yes. we need to be educated a bit better on what exactly is drink driving, yeah. what exactly is drug yeah. driving, because it wow. might not be what we think it is. Exactly. Yeah. But I think,
12: I think though what needs to be done, sorry, I think yeah. what needs to be done is, I honestly believe that there should be way stiffer penalties for people that are caught driving while they're disqualified. Yeah. I think there should yeah. be just an automatic jail term for people like that. Don't mind your excuses. Like, you know, if you're off the road, you're off the road. Yeah. If you're going out tomorrow to buy a suite of furniture, and it's going to cost 500 euro. You need 500 euro to buy the suite of furniture. If you're costing 1500, you need 1500. The same thing, if you're off the road, you're off the road. Yeah. And if you're off the road, I think these things should be implemented a lot firm, a lot more firm than they are.
3: Mm. Yeah.
12: I'd, oh. I'd say, Alison, Peter, uh, don't ever try my trifle, so <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: definitely be over on that. Okay, we'll park that. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk about this OECD report. <laughs>
4: Welcome back to Tip Today. Uh, Now we're
0: continuing on with the topic. I know a lot of people are sick of hearing it, but this is the last we'll talk of it, I think, for today anyway. It's this OECD report where research reveals that Ireland successfully avoided excess deaths between the core (coughs) pandemic years of 2020 to 2022. The research... Also examined various factors, including age and underlying health conditions related to COVID deaths in Ireland. We spoke to Patrick uh, in the last hour. Um, He's kind of gone through this report. He gave his opinions on it. A lot of people, even from the text this morning, very suspicious off the back of that report. Can I ask all of you, it's a safe space for opinions and talking. (laughs) What was your take on this OECD report? I'll start with Mary Alice.
11: I'm confused, and I'm even more confused after listening to Patrick talking about it and sort of explaining it before I came in here this morning. So um, I'm sort of i sort of bleeding the Fifth Amendment until we see where we're going with this yeah. and what the investigation is going to be, or, and the terms of reference for that are going to be like a review. Now it's being called Mary a Alice. Review? A right, review. Okay, a review. Um, um, so um, again. We would hope that we will get a, a kind of a, an honest appraisal of how, and I think there was good and bad things. You know, in yeah. fairness, like, you know, it's strange. Really, we're all we all we're all suspicious about this, that, and the other thing what would we have done? I know. And it was unprecedented. It was unprecedented. And like, if we didn't take any, if we didn't take precautions, I mean, everybody went crazy and said, Cheltenham should never have happened. And it was a super spreader and all the fools that went over from Ireland and they blamed the Johnson in England for allowing it to happen and pressure and all of that stuff, you know? And yet, we give out because our government at the time in my opinion, did the best they could under circumstances to try and protect people. We saw what happened in Italy. Yeah. I saw it on the television. It frightened the life out of me. Yeah. I remember, you know, ha- have we sort of got amnesia now and decided that, oh no, <coughs> that wasn't what happened at all or we don't remember that or it was all wrong. Yeah. You know, I think people make the best decision they can at the time. Yeah. And I don't know about the debts I mean, I don't understand. And, and the way Peter explained it there, was it Peter? Patrick. P- Patrick this morning that um, they're se- I thought you registered a death when you died and yeah, the person died so and that was it. And I don't understand this backlog. But like you said to him, it should even out at the same time.
0: Yeah, the next the year. Years, yeah, you, know? you would think, uh, Joe, I'll go to you. What, what do you make of it?
12: Well, you see, the thing is, you can get any answer you want yeah. if you frame the question right. Yeah. To be honest with you, like, so when you look at these reviews and these... But you're also supposed to look into this thing called hindsight. And you're also look into a bit of political analysis, like why are people coming out and knocking this and knocking that and knocking the other thing? Like, I can honestly sit here in front of the three you today and say I wouldn't be alive today if I didn't take my vaccination. Like, I was diagnosed with cancer in, in October of 2020, mm. just uh, in the start yeah. of the... Yes, in the start of COVID, you know, and it was isolated and You went for days and days talking about it and whatever else. But every vaccination that I got uh, that I was asked to take, I took it. I asked, you know, do you cross one with this and one with the other and whatever else, no problem. Whatever you're given, to you take it? My immune system was minus Trash. zero at the time yeah. and whatever else, and you take it. <laughs> and yet, and all as I said, the last day I was on here was with yourself, a friend. I was just saying, you know, there was these experts out there, you know, they couldn't spell marmalade, but they could still tell me that I shouldn't be taking this and I shouldn't be taking that. And I can sit this out. on Honestly, mm-hmm. like... Yes, there was terrible things. I know people that lost their lives Mm. and family members couldn't go to see them the day before or the night before and they were looking in through glass windows and looking out. I understand every bit of that. Mm -hmm. Tragic, terrible. There's a big issue about the nursing homes and all that. Should there be a review? Absolutely there should be a review of how we dealt with it. Would we do it differently? But look what was faced with the people at the time. And if we are doing a review, let's do it out straight. And as I said the last day, let's look at why people got €360 a week into their hand after they're working for two or three hours with somebody. Yeah. Let's call a spade a spade if we're doing it, do it straight out across the board but I, my fear of all these things is like the terms of reference, to like the reviews, the questions they're petered down to get the answer that you want right. to find out at the end of the so day. So you
0: feel like the answer has already been determined and it's trying to find the way there? Spot on. Right. Mm. Peter, What do you what do you think this review should contain then?
10: Oh, I think if we just forgot totally about the whole thing and saved ourselves a whole heap of money <laughs> is probably the way to go mm. because the government will get what they want out of this one way or the other. Now, Patrick and his figures are like... Mary- I was more confused by the time I was finished listening yeah. to him mm. than mm. when I started. So I won't get into the figure
11: side of it with you yeah. because... But, I, but I,
0: isn't that a problem with all reports and all figures? Yes. I yeah. mean, they can you be can
11: construed anyway. You can make yeah. the figures to yeah. fish whatever yeah. scenario but, you want, yes. really,
10: basically. But the whole COVID experience over the three years, uh, some of it was handled brilliantly. Mm. But by God, were there so many stupid things.
0: Tell me what you think was handled brilliantly.
10: Uh, I'll have to think about that one, sorry. No, there were certain things handled, handled um, brilliantly. Um, I thought the minister that was in charge at the time doing an excellent job, I thought he was totally in control of what was going on. Then the flip side of that was they got rid of him halfway through the whole mess. Mm. If the government were worried about the people of this country... They would have left the crowd that were running the ship, yeah. run it until they got to shore,
0: mm. and
10: start the new crew when that problem was out of the way. But no, to the more political, I want the job, and I want the job. So that part of it was wasn't ran great. Uh The financial side of it, that people could stay at home from work, yeah. was mm. ran properly because mm. you cannot ask people to stay at home and work. For and nothing. take
0: the hit, yeah. And right. take
10: the hit. Now, that was handled mm. properly in my book. What uh, wasn't
0: handled well oh,
10: then? As you all know, I'm kind of a social um, animal and I'm not a big figure, so I used to be able to manage the nine euro uh, bit of food right. if I was to go out and socialise. I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah. That you, you go to out to for a social evening, you had to spend nine euro on food so that they could give you a drink. Mm. And... Uh, pubs that had no food had to stay closed Yeah. Uh, like who came up with that like the other thing wasn't handled great was they frightened the daylights out of everyone and the older people a lot of them are dying today because of the fright, the shock, the loneliness of the media I blame big time for a lot of this problem the pictures that were shown from Italy and all over the world very little of it it was all sensationalism. Yeah. i well, sure it
11: did happen, Peter.
10: To a certain extent. To a certain did extent. He die like they it? were showing body bags being um, put in behind centres here oh. in our country and all of this. Now they tell us there were no extra deaths. So, like, was.
0: Put all that in place, but stop frightening the people. Yeah. Now, to be fair, those pictures
11: were from Italy. They weren't from yeah. here. And they the is showing there was no existence the broader here. media. Yeah. 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 I am
10: not saying... But, Peter,
11: I consider that I'm an older person now, and, and my husband is. And I think, like, we're able to think for ourselves. We're sensible people. We thought, right, OK, we have to, you know, we did the shopping once a week or whatever, and we had to stay at home for... I think it's five months at one stage. Yeah. We gardened, we walked, we watched television, we read. I loved it, Mary. We organized ourselves. My one of my both of my daughters had to work from home. Uh one of them had two has two young children. She said those two years were the best two years she had. She worked she worked online, she was working with revenue at the time. She started early, she finished early. She put the children in the car and they drove a short distance to the nearest wood or they walked. Yep. And they walked every day. Mm. She but did the homework at home with them, um, with her husband. Yeah,
10: Muriel. Should we not consider doing the same now because it's it's rampant out there again today? It is yeah. absolutely. So yes. Do you think we should just lock down the whole place again now and everyone have this great life?
12: But you see, I think one of the things we're missing. One of the thing you see, we have to we have to be realistic here. Hindsight is a great old devil. Yes, you know you can look back and you can say you know, and we all did it like hindsight. I'd never again buy one of them cars. I'd never buy that <laughs> color car again, or I'd never buy yeah. from him or her or she or whatever else. And when you look at all these things back, COVID definitely changed the Ireland that we knew.
0: Absolutely. Like Mm.
12: rural pubs were decimated. Mm. Pubs in general. There was towns like, and there was eight or nine pubs, you're now looking to have one or two. Like social dancing and all that kind of thing. The big bands, they all Mm. fell apart and they all that. like it changed so many things, Mm. you know. But also, there were some good things. Like, mm. I remember, like, you know, when I was on the council, you know, you're fighting, say, to get chairs put out on the street outside yes, a pub. Yeah. Or, like, it mm. couldn't be done. No way could it be done. <laughs> yeah. The next day, all of a sudden, bum, it arrives. Mm. And now, all of a sudden, we have it. Do you know, and so that's, And we love it. Oh, we yeah. So, like, there's pluses mm. and there's minuses yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But I do think we need to learn from it. And, like, I was, you know, I was driving out um, on Wednesday there, you know, and I saw this man and he in a car on his own, driving, with a mask on. Yeah. On his own. <laughs> now, is and that fear or is it this? Of course know, it's fear yeah, or whatever else. Mm-hmm. It did create a lot of and It certainly changed Ireland. Mm. But at the same Joe, time... it
11: has reverted back. It has. Oh, it has? My, my daughters mm. will tell you mm. the roads are busier than ever in the morning. Oh, are. People yeah. are, oh, are running out the door with children to creches, going to work. Most business places mm. want you back at work. And somebody quoted recently to me and they said, if you want to progress your career, you'd better be in the office. Mm. Now, you can, if you're putting in as much productivity at home, working on your three screens in front of you, why do you have to drive an hour, or an hour and a half to work Mm. if you don't need to, you know? I
0: feel like Mary Ellis at that time, and I I agree with your daughter, that was some of the best time of my life was lockdown. I never baked as much. I never spent as much time with the kids as I did during that time. I really enjoyed it. I know it wasn't the same for everyone and some people had a really hard time. But there was this sense afterwards that we need to get back to this. We need to get back to the
11: basics of life and what we enjoy. But I feel like we've come away from that now. I think so. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. I think so. If you look at the traffic any one morning... Going in and out of Clonmel here, going in and out to Cork, Limerick, wherever. Mm. The roads are busier than ever. Everyone's on the go. Mm. And it's like it. Like yeah, yeah. I'm only quoting yeah. them. They would say it's like it never happened. Yeah. And
12: and it's also if you go in like say to hotels or restaurants or wherever else, there's no seats available at all, the whole place like is yes. up and running again and all that kinda of thing. Yeah. And there is and I honestly believe like I you know, I think that ham um, you know, working from home is fine and all that, but it does mm. to a point. But only to a point. Mm. You can't beat human interaction and you can't oh, yeah. beat you know like a lot of things have changed, you know, like mm. going to the doctor. Yeah. Now you can read really up and say, Doc, how's it going? There not too, oh yeah, I'll email down the prescription. Yes. You know, these things. They were never heard of before. Mm. So we've changed a hell of a lot. Mm. Does it suit us? Mm. Some things are bloody handier. Yeah, they are handier. But but is it right? I would
11: say, though, Peter, you Mm -hmm. you mentioned the fact that that COVID is still out there. It is out there and it is having an impact on people. And I know know somebody related to me at the moment that has COVID has been quite ill. Mm. Mm. I know other people. And people are losing time from work. Mm. They're having to stay out because they're not able to go to work Mm. or they're afraid of infecting the whole office and then everybody'll be up to swanny so it's kind of like you add it on now to the flu to viruses to RSV yeah. all of those things which are they're impacting industry and and workplaces and payments and all of that too you know mm-hmm. yeah so but
12: it is it is still there but it's going to be very it's going to be very difficult like to quantify We'll yes. say, I'll just say, for example, I'll pick an age. And I know, of course, yeah. we'll be ridiculed over the age. <laughs> but it's going to be very difficult, like I say to pick an 89-year-old. That end up will say on the death search is COVID. Yeah. Were they going to die from pneumonia? Would they have died yeah. anywhere? Would they have a, How yeah. do you definitely define this thing? Yeah. How do you define that? Like. Yeah. And that's going to be all argument and discussion and argument and yeah. all that kind of carry on. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think when you're faced with a problem, how do you face? How do you start to deal with the problem? How do you? How do you confront this massive problem that we had? Like you know. Mm. And I think I think overall. Yes, I think we didn't do a bad job in it overall, but we certainly it changed Ireland. There's no doubt about it. It probably changed a lot of places as well, besides Ireland. But I also think as well as that, should it ever happen again for COVID or any other type of COVID that comes in, we need to have a review, have a look. And as mm. the lads have said, what we did right, what we did wrong and what we did in between. Yeah.
11: You know? Apparently, after the Spanish flu in 1918, that they didn't do any kind of a review at the time and the basis being that people were so worn out after yeah. the First World War and after the whole thing that they hadn't, the, you know, and that maybe that wasn't a good thing because it got kind of factored out. It was only when our pandem- pandemic came that people started looking back at what happened then mm. and looked for parallels or whatever. So maybe it would be good that, that the review and... Maybe, you know, the lessons learned. Yeah. Uh, That's a terrible yeah. phrase, but there, anyway. There's know. a lot
10: of people out there that their loved ones, um, on the dead cells or whatever, is, or oh, yeah. COVID. Yeah. yeah. And they know it's not COVID. Yeah. And they're very upset about that. Like, mm. th- th- things like this is, must be put right.
0: Yeah. Mm. All right. We'll park mm. that one. We'll be back after the break.
5: Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter, or email Tip Today at tipfm.com.
4: Tip Today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Welcome back to Tip Today. We're with our Friday panel
0: of Joe, Peter and Mary Alice as well. Mary Alice, tomorrow's our day. It's, it's our day. Women's our day is little Christmas. <laughs> I'm delighted. You know what? I'm glad that it's it's a tradition that we have that. Doesn't seem to be dying out. If anything, I think it's getting a bit more popular and a bit more modern. Maybe it is. is it?
11: Yes, and I've seen um, um, advertisements in from hotels yeah. and various events that are going to be on, which is great. <laughs> and I mean, the whole tradition was apparently that, um, right? The women, the women did most of the work over Christmas. I think they still do, actually. Yeah, um, but. Then on the sixth, that they had this day off and that the men did it. But they probably didn't have some in truth. No. But there was kind of another idea, more practical notion, anecdotally anyway, that um, any leftover cake or pudding or anything could be used up on that day. And then you would be taking down the the decorations. That was the tradition. I must confess, I took down the Christmas tree oh, the other day. Yes, but I felt kind of guilty doing it because the twelve days of Christmas um, finish on the sixth, mm. and that, then, in a practical sense, anything that was left over—the Christmas cake, a bit of pudding, whatever—would be used up on that day, and there wouldn't be cooking or whatever done by the the woman of the house. Yeah. Or the, girls maybe in the house so it had a kind of a practical twist to it and then you put Christmas aside and you moved on and I think for a number of years there there hadn't been much you know talk about the 6th of January Mm. I have to say I'm going out with two of my lovely women friends for a bit to eat on on Saturday and I'm looking forward to it yeah and I think it's good I think you know it's it's nice to have a bit of downtime, and that the women should.
0: We deserve it, Mary Alice. Of course don't we? we do. Yeah. yeah. So what about the two men then? Are you going to deny us we're, our we're women's? We've just finished the programme now. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> now, uh,
10: well, I commend our force because Joel um, certainly back up at night. Oh, you uh, hope?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no No. Uh, what did you call it again? Women's Christmas. Are you allowed to say that now, Alison? Do you know what? I was thinking that, actually, when we were talking about it. It's like, well, are we assuming that they're women now and can you oh. assign a pronoun? And we're, yeah, I know we're in that kind of like now, but... I'm much like more on. comfortable now
10: not if like you start talking on. about yeah. ye Christmases or it
0: Christmases oh. or something. never. No. Oh, no. Mary no. Alice, we won't have a day where that, that'll happen. No, Would we, we will
11: not. No, We'll always no. be women's it's Christmas. No, like Sounds yeah. really uh, nice.
10: And, um... No, of course, the women should have a brilliant uh, little Christmas because the only farm we'd be in serious trouble. That's good. No doubt go no you about that. Oh, but uh, very disappointed with Mary Ellen to have her Christmas decorations taken down.
11: Yeah, I know, uh, I know. Uh, we discussed
10: it last night, myself and herself, and she said, um, she called no? me Dad, uh, maybe we'd we'll live up for an extra week.
0: Oh, so next weekend, you're going to. Uh,
10: it won't be this weekend, I can, uh, I can right. tell the public now. We'll be lit up in Newcastle for oh. at least one more week. Uh, because I like to remind them over there every now and again, being a man, I'd have the blue, <laughs> the blue and white lights on. <laughs> oh, my God.
11: God. No. <laughs> Ulterior motives,
10: yeah. Peter. Uh, no, and but it's nice. It look, yeah. January is a depressing month. It is. And we leave the lights on. During COVID, we're asked to leave them on until of January, early February. So seeing that oh, there's a bit I've of COVID that. still there, we leave them on for an extra week. Yeah.
0: yeah. Joe, I mean, we, we were talking about that just before we went on air, actually, about the January blues, because it's a tough month month, mm. isn't it? I think we forget how tough January can be for a lot of people.
12: I can, yeah, well I, oh, I certainly can, yeah, and like I'll never, you know my, my mother-in-law, like to like she died on the 6th of January and uh, whatever I, but you, you know you yeah. you know, that it is a tough month, yeah, and as we, well as that when you look at the pocket and you know you come out after you know, the pocket is empty after yeah. spending more than you ever had planned at Christmas and all on that. Other and other people. And other people yeah. other mm-hmm. pe- and you do all those kind of things, carry on so like, yeah, you're facing into this year but well, we have to be bloody upbeat about it as well, like there is a bit of in fairness now, there's a bit of an old stretch in the evenings. There is, mightn't be too there much. There is, yeah, there's a half an hour. Oh, gosh, there is, yeah, you know,
11: especially if the evening is fine yeah. at yeah. all. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's and look great. at us
12: sitting here now and looking out the studio window, it's beautiful and, and uh, beautiful, beautiful. There, yeah. so there's a lot of things to kind of look forward to. I I like these dates, I like these Christmas, and I like these little Christmas. I think they're defining moments, I think they're defining, mm. you know, yeah, they're bookending, they're bookending jobs. Yeah. And I think if we didn't have Christmas, you know, some people go to mass, we're talking about before we came in, some don't, some do, some don't, some go to confession. If I went to be there for a month, some people <laughs> go along like this and they do their lives and fine. But it's still, everybody has to you know, you have to buy this stuff before or you have mm. to have the house ready. You have to It's a defining moment. Yeah. It's a bookend as Alice said.
11: I'm, st- I'm still eating you the know. Scots clan
12: yeah. Fair play. And I think tomorrow is much the same. I think tomorrow is a, a defining it. Then the kids are back to school, yeah. you know, the following you know, the following and you're a back few into days. It again. And mm-hmm. you're back into it again and you're head down and the next year you'll be here saying pep Oh, we're going away for a week to Lanzarote and we're yeah. going to do this or we're going I to I think
11: the big thing this time is do you know the stretch from kind of January to March was always yeah. a bit long. Mm-hmm. That'll be broken up now by the fact of the bank holiday right. for St Bridget's Day. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that'll yeah. give people a bit of, you know, a brief. a respite. But, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah.
10: But I think yesterday when I heard um, that they were going advertising for Easter...
12: Yeah, I think, but that was there just,
0: before Christmas, yeah, even. There was yeah. eggs in like the shop Easter before. Yeah.
12: This yeah. carry-on starts, lads, we... Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think over, overall, overall, like, I honestly believe like we need to be upbeat and we need to look at the lovely country we have and the fine place we That's have in right. Ireland. And, yeah. you know, mm. there's no, you can go on away now for great weekends and great few days away yeah. and you can get good offers and you can do all yeah. these mm. things. You don't need to go to foreign lands. You know, the mm. downside of all this, I suppose, and we have to accept it whether we like it or not, there's massive climate change out there. You know, if the yes. four of us are here organising a function, an outdoor function for later on in the year, How can you pick a good day in June, July and August? We can't do that anymore like 20 or 30 years ago, you had a good old chance of hitting it, you know, a fine mm-hmm. week. That has all changed. But at the same time, I still think we need to be upbeat. Look at, look at the conditions we have in the country. And I know there's overcrowding in hospitals, but we still have to be upbeat about it, you know. Yeah, really And if we have, we
11: have we our do. health show, we have everything. Absolutely. We have, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Mary Alice, Mary Coughlin,
0: the great old Mary Coughlin, the great singer, she's writing in The Independent today. She says um, for non it's great, but we need more days to celebrate women in this country. Is that something you'd
11: agree with? Yeah, I suppose um, I hadn't thought about that. Now, um, yeah. Why well, do
0: it's like? Is it just a bit of a kind of a token thing? This is Women's Day, yay, mm, do you yeah. Yeah. Does anyone really take it seriously? At least, not like it It's based in tradition. Yeah, it, it has a, a great history in this country. There's a story to
11: it. Yeah. it's not
0: something that's just put in as a token day. Absolutely. Yeah.
11: Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose she has a point. All right, but. I think I suppose women have to make it for themselves, really, don't they? Because you know, no matter what, I think they still carry they still carry the burden. And women that are working full time are our younger generations. They work so hard; they are under so much pressure. It's really, you know, yeah. phenomenal. We are. We are.
12: One second, now, no, I can't, no. I can't genuflect gin- sitting down. You see, <laughs> <laughs> if i standing up, I can gin- genuflect. Well, w- w- one of the things, though, if you look at this overall, sorry, now, here, if you if you look at a lot of these things, like overall, we also need to be very careful as well that we don't overfix the thing. Like mm. all of a sudden now we're in that we have more rights about this and we have more rights about that and we have you all these You're not even about
0: just like voting, do you? And everyone, <laughs> everybody is coming out here now and then say, we
12: want another bank holiday for this and we should have another bank yeah. holiday for that. All mm. of us, like somebody somewhere has to pay for all these kind of yeah. things at the, end of, mm. at the end of the day. And when any of these things come in, yeah. they're never taken away. They're in forever. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to think out this thing a little bit. Like we sit mm. at the end of the day, go out and do this for let the work all work.
3: Mm. and we should be For focused sure. on that and we yeah. should do
12: it and right. young people, they're to be admired they do work hard, the vast mm. majority of them, mm. I said it last week, there were the terrible tragedy and tragedies we had in Clamell and surrounding areas, but when you see the young people, the way they behaved yeah. and the way they carried themselves, oh. incredible Amazing. and they're out there and they're working and they're getting educated and yes, drugs is an absolute scourge, yes. but outside of that they're fantastic people, young people, what to do.
0: Absolutely. Mm. Can I finish then? We've only a couple of minutes left. We were talking about New Year's resolutions then earlier in the week. Can I ask you one by one then, have you set New Year's resolutions? Do you really believe in them? Peter, I'll start with you.
10: Yeah, I am um, a big believer in New Year's resolutions and mine is, uh, I made a resolution never again to make a New Year's resolution. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that all makes sense. There's nobody in their right mind pick the 1st of January to make a big decision in their life yeah there's it's too much going on it's a crazy time yeah. and I spoke to Fran about this before I gave up cigarettes myself 21 years ago now well done. and I was very good at him I really gave a good lash at him while I was at it and uh, I picked sometime in September uh, last cigarette in the mouth that was it no no bits and pieces no Cold patches parking. no yeah. anything mm. suffered like hell for 2-3 months and now, no interest whatsoever in a cigarette. Playing. I could be inside in a pub or a house full of, with people smoking. Yeah. But I don't believe I would. Right, I would totally say to people, don't pick the first of January or days like that.
0: Yeah, it puts mm. too much pressure.
10: You're your own time when nobody knows, yeah. and you'll yeah. be gone two, three weeks before anyone realises you have made this decision. Yeah,
11: yeah. I, That's I think it. no, I don't either because. Um, <clears throat> I have a birthday in January oh, and yeah. my granddaughter's birthday is in January. So we have to eat cake, see? So there is You'd that. have to But I would sort of um have a mindset, um I, I Please don't be laughing now, people who are listening. I did take up sort of um, an exercise class last, about August, I'd say. Good for you. I found it very good. And I found then that I was consistent and I didn't want to miss it and stuff like that. So I think there should be more. There'll have to be more of that, Alison. You know, we'll have to resume and sort of work towards that, you know. Yeah. So um, So just about health and well-being then for 2024. Not setting any... Yeah, but I think like even in your own mind, yeah. sort of setting yourself small targets, I think that works much better, you know, Yeah. because look, how many people join the the gym, for oh, God's sake, here. and then, you know, three weeks later, they're fed gone. up it and it's gone. And expecting that things are going to change massively, when you know very well they won't, you know. Yeah. So I think gradually, gradually, you know. And, small and changes. Small changes. Yeah. Yeah. Joe?
12: Yeah, I just need to, nothing has changed really. I need to lose weight and I do, two people told me to lose weight. One is Yvonne and the other is the oncologist. So I need to lose a bit of weight. Other than that, uh, nothing else, I'll be still working away as hopefully the health stays good and I'm happy with it at the moment and I think uh, that's all, I'm looking forward to the year ahead a lot on, a lot to be done and I can't, I've started already and whatever else but I do need to lose the weight and like Peter said, I didn't start on the 1st of January and I won't be starting tomorrow either but I will be starting, there's no doubt about it, you know just change the scenario and drive on.
0: Well do you know what, it was great to talk to you all this morning for our first panel of 2024, an absolute pleasure, Uh, Joe Peter and Mary Ellis Happy New Year to you all. Many happy returns returns. and to all the listeners. Absolutely. Absolutely, and thanks for being here. And that's it for today, and indeed for this week as well. Fran back with you Monday from 9 on Tip Today. Stephen's up next with the Time Tunnel and the Lunchtime Show. Then Owen taking you through the afternoon. Have a great day. Have a great weekend